So these are the experts running our country? Adam Curry, John C. Devorah. It's Thursday, December 29th, 2011. Time to get Monation Media Assassination Episode 369er. This is No Agenda. Only 357 days left until the end of the world and counting here at Camp MoFo in Austin, Texas, capital of the Lone Star State. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where is this thing working? I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Craig Von Buskill in the morning. What do you mean, is this thing working? Is it? Is what thing working? Mike. Yeah, I think I've been away from it for so long. (laughs) I got to tell you, I was jonesing on Sunday, man. It was, uh, we had our Christmas cliptacular. Good job, by the way. That was a little tedious. Well, it was funny because I actually got tired listening to it. I'm like, oh, oh. I had a couple. I had a note from a guy who said, "Look, I lo- loved it. I listened to it twice." Yeah, and then I and then I went into a coma. And then he says to me, <laughs> "But I don't think anyone who's not really a huge fan of the show could take more than an hour of it." No, I, I, got- I, I have yet. I have yet personally to listen to the whole thing. Oh, really? In one sitting, oh. I've listened to the whole thing over and over again in, in chunks, but because right. I put it together in about four parts. Uh, but I've never listened to the whole thing from beginning to begin end because I can't. It's a classic, and uh, we're actually deeming it's it. Classic. It's a classic. We're deeming it to episode three six eight. So this is three six nine or or the uh, menage a trois quatre cinq menage a trois soixante I mean, for our Canadian listeners, yeah, <laughs> for all of the the people in Saskatoon. Do they speak French in Saskatoon? No, they don't. They speak it in only in Quebec. Only Quebec oh, is it only in only in Quebec? Well, the whole country is required to have everything bilingual, right? To to accommodate the Quebecois right. who seem to demand it, or otherwise right. they 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 threaten to leave Canada. <laughs> although the joke of it is, the, this one of the few areas, the outposts of France. That the French kind of disavow. Don't recognize. Yeah, it's like, weird. And we have nothing and, to do with that. I had a, a friend of mine who's a Quebecois, and she told me that she went to France and spoke a little of that flat French that the Canadians speak. And they poo-pooed her. And she her. said a Frenchman spit in her face. <laughs> really? Yeah. I still find that story, like, remarkable. That's, a, that's, a, that's disgusting. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway, uh, in the morning, and uh, Merry Christmas to you, John. Yeah, Merry Christmas to you and to all the listeners and uh, all the boots on the ground and to all the ships at sea and uh, feet in the air. I want to say uh, in the morning to you all, too. Yes, of course, in the morning to our human resources. Uh, just like we were talking earlier, just like a bar, everyone shows up in the chat room. Uh, like, see, we have like six, seven hundred now. It's always nice to see. Uh, of course, our human resources can be found at uh, noagendastream.com, noagendachat.net. In the morning to you, all, everybody charged up the way your government loves you. Um, so I did miss doing the show, uh, I have to say. You know, we had our, our Christmas presents. And, uh, and by the way, best Christmas gift ever. What was yours? Oh, I didn't get my best Christmas gift ever. No, uh, of this Christmas. I just got some books and some miscellaneous things. I didn't get anything special. I, 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 they kept asking me for a list, and I refused to give one because I <laughs> you don't, did, there's not that much stuff that I need. Because you know you're paying for it at the end anyway. Well, there's that. <laughs> I received in the mail a uh, piggy bank w- emboldened with the CIA logo from the CIA gift shop. 
Oh, <laughs> from one of our uh, nights in the Virginia area. <laughs> this thing is outrageous. And there was a 20 inside <laughs> and, oh. and, along with the microphone in the snout. All the good CIA stuff. I, I have to beg. And then somebody finally. Well, you know, it, throw, you know OK, well, here's one for you. <laughs> it was it's so it's, it's like you look at this thing. It's like, wow, that's just weird. <laughs> It's a piggy bank with a CIA logo. Yeah, if you go what to... What else do they sell in this shop? We've got to go visit the shop yeah, with a camera. And it's all made in China. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the best part of it. If, so I tweeted it. Uh, yeah, heaven forbid we make a piece, a piece of pottery in the United States. <laughs> I was like, wow, that is so awesome. It's just, it's like, it's so uncomfortably cool and disgusting at the same time. It's like, oh, then that was a cool gift. I like that a lot. Actually, nice. the CIA went and put their, I don't think their store is online, but I think if it ever was, maybe it is. I think it is online, but they don't have that on there, I don't think. The CIA gift store? Do you think they have a website? Yeah, I, th- I remember seeing it because I was looking at the coins after you got that one with Panetta's name on it. CIA gift shop. Hold on a second here. CIAgiftstore.com. Let's see. Oh, they can't be. I think they should promote this. They could make, you know, help help. Could cover the budget for their secretary pool, pool maybe with uh, this is great cia-gift-store.com really why buy cia gear because everyone wants it yeah there's uh, there's my coin interesting but i don't see the office things where would they have the piggy bank wow they've got an 04 spy plane pen these guys are crazy. <laughs> Web exclusives. Let me see. Oh, so you can order. Well, I, I think this is probably a store exclusive. You can't just get that. Uh, what, the piggy bank? Yeah. Yeah. I, don't, I just think they're lazy with the website. It's possible. They put some stuff up there and then they you walk walk away from it and just collect the money. Off they're it. not actively running the store like our like a No Agenda like no Nation. Agenda Nation. Oh, man. You know, uh, so I received a nice little... Oh, you got your care package from I No did. Agenda Nation. I did. I did. It was awesome. And, you know, there's a, there's like all... There are three shirts in there. So there's the, the green Federal Reserve shirt that says, don't worry. Don't panic. We'll make more. We'll print more. Yeah, that's a good one. He has his, Eric has his kids wearing that shirt. Oh, yeah. Now, Christina immediately stole that one. Then we have the, uh, uh, your government protecting and serving the shit out of you. Yeah, classic. <laughs> They're all classic. Some guy beating them. Yeah, it's the it's the street sign, and then uh, and then the uh, the one with the British crown, which is freak out and break stuff. Uh, it's just great, and it's really good stuff. Yeah, and the mugs are. I, I want to recommend people buying a set of the No Agenda mugs for their for their for their uh, kitchen pantry. Also, uh, we had a house guest, uh, Radu, friend of ours from uh, California, who had nowhere to go. And uh, and he, he was like, hey, by the way, I, I took one of those mugs. Oh, all right. <laughs> it's like people will steal them. That's how good they are. Then you know you got a good product when people will steal it. Hey, speaking of stealing, Johnny Boy, so um, you know, right after we did our show, which was, uh, what was that? Was that the day before Christmas? No. Two days before Christmas? I don't remember. Um, Last Thursday. Yeah. So we, we were, yeah, exactly. Couple days before Christmas, you know, we uh, we talked about the the whole reality show going on in the on the hill about passing the payroll tax holiday, and you know, everyone went home and back and forth, and we knew that this was going to get resolved before you know before the deadline. But they literally did it like you know the next morning. I was like, oh, 
And of course, you know, it's just like after all this analysis, all this live footage, and it was just like, hey, they passed it. Yay. All right. And then nothing. Just like, oh, don't worry about it. You'll get your 40 bucks. So uh, I went and took a look at what actually got passed because, you know, they do have to kind of report this stuff. And it was actually it took two full days for this bill to be published because, of course, everyone's on vacation. You know, the the register office and it's like, eh, screw it. We'll do it after Christmas. So I'm like hitting refresh for, th- for 48 hours. Um, it is a House Resolution 3765. Once again, an interesting document. Because <laughs> I'm like, how did they how did they do this? How come all of a sudden they agreed? Aren't you curious to know what they agreed to? I don't think anybody is interested, except the two of us and maybe a few of our listeners. Well, that's the only person I'm doing the show for. I'm doing it for you. Are you interested, John? Would you like to know? Well, I'm sure uh, there's they, a gem in there. You yeah. wouldn't have brought it up so early. Yeah, there's, there's some interesting stuff. So... Uh, I have it here in front of me. It's in the show notes at 369er.nashownotes.com. So uh, it is only a two-month extension up until February 29th. Of course, we have a leap year, uh, 2012. And it specifically states uh, that there is the the payroll uh, tax holiday. Now, the way they word this is interesting. Limitation on self-employment income. So um, regardless of whether you are a, a slave at a company or whether you're self-employed, uh, uh, you're going to be uh, receiving this tax break um, because it is actually the Social Security tax that is being uh, holidayed or at least uh, this uh, 2%, um, uh, 2% break. And the way they've done it is they say, okay, it's over the first $18,350 um, which if you do the math, results in uh, an annual salary of $110,000 a year. And I'm like, okay, so uh, anything over that, I guess, uh, you're not, uh, you know, you're, you're, you don't get the break, right? That makes sense. Yeah. And so if you're self-employed, uh, you also get this deal. However, it is, note that it is specifically $18,350 in these two months. So if you're self-employed and you get a big contract, um, you, you'll want to spread that out somehow or, or bill later. In particular, because a little bit uh, further up, it says, recapture of excess benefit. I'm like, hmm, what is this? In general, there is hereby imposed on the income of every individual a tax equal to 2% of the sum wages and that has a specification of what that is, to the extent the amount of sum exceeds $18,350. In other words, they're given um, a 2% tax break to everyone who makes under $100,000. If you make over $100,000, they're increasing the taxes with 2%. That doesn't make any sense because Obama promised... (laughs) So it's it, they did it. They did the tax on the rich, rich in this case being uh, $110,000 a year. So you are actually, if you make over $110,000 a year, which according to CNN, the median income in America, according to CNN, is $97,000, which I find hard to believe. But does that sound right to you, $97,000? Actually, the, in today's market, it does. That's the People median. are either not making anything 
or they're probably averaging around 100. So I don't understand how they come up with uh, 170 million people will benefit from this tax break because that's not true. 170 million people, that's got to be the amount of working people in America. The rest have got to be too young or too old or dead, right? I, I think the whole thing is, is bogative. <laughs> it's totally bogative. So it's just shifting the money. It's, yeah, it's just, it's just shifting, scam. <laughs> it's shifting it from and the, and the Congress <laughs> is right behind it. I mean, this whole thing. And they're, 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 obviously, this is a tax increase, a hidden tax increase. I was listening to one of the right wing talkers the other day, and the guy would some guy came on some caller who owns a business. He says all he knows is that for he says yeah they can they're going to cut the payroll tax, but he says I don't know if anyone's notices, but take a look at what your what what your withholding has been over the last year. It's been inching up. Oh yeah, it just keeps well. It, there's a couple more things. Um, so remember I mentioned the Fannie Mae Freddie Mac uh, fee increase. So that's in there. Um, a 20 basis points, which is not a lot. Isn't 100 basis points is 1%? Am I saying that correctly? That's a good question. I mean, I think that's what it is, but so. not you I mention it. So, so I, it sounds like it's a 0.2% fee uh, over every single loan that is guaranteed by Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac. Notice there's no a two-month provision in here. These fees will yeah, stay. Yeah, basis point is one one-hundredth of a percentage right. point. So, th- so these fees, which will hit anyone who has a mortgage backed by Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, which I think is about a trillion dollars at least in mortgages, that's quite a lot, uh, or in mortgage-backed securities, uh, they get hit with a fee which has no sunset provision. It doesn't go away. That fee just stays. Yeah, and, it's another form of a tax. Uh, if, yeah. if people actually start looking at the fees, like, for example, I'm up in Washington, so I rented a car. So it's going to cost me like uh, something like Forty dollars a day to rent a car, but with the fees, you know, airport tax, oh, this oh, fees, yeah, parking outrageous. fee, missing car fee, yeah. lot maintenance fee, blah blah blah, it's eighty dollars. So instead of <laughs> yeah. forty dollars, it's like twice as much because of all these fees, which are yeah. all hidden taxes. But these you click taxes. But when you clicked on that banner, it really said nineteen ninety five a day, didn't it? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, and then you look at the bill. It's like holy crap. And then the, uh, the final thing, which was in all previous versions of the bill, is they are forcing the president's hand not later than 60 days after the date of enactment of this act. The president, acting through the secretary of state, Lucifer, shall grant a permit under executive order number 13337, which I think stands for LEAT, LEAT, um, relating to issuance of permits for the Keystone XL pipeline. So they're basically forcing the president. And then, of course, they have exceptions, which means he can say he doesn't want to do it. So they're forcing him to make the decision within 60 days of the signing of the act. So the end of January, uh, wait a minute. No, end of uh, end of February, he'll be forced to uh, come out and make a public decision about the XL, uh, the Keystone XL pipeline. So that's another little little trick they put in there. Huh. Didn't hear any of that uh, on CNN. No, they don't care. There's other news to <laughs> but, cover. Uh, yeah. Gee, let me see. Ron Paul, racist, anti-Semite. Let me just check those off the list there. Racists, anti-Semite. Let me make sure I got that one off the list. Yeah. Yeah. And a nutball and an old man. <laughs> and a codger. My favorite one came up. Codger, codger. Did you see that um, interview? <laughs> codger. <laughs> That interview with, um, what's her name, uh, Rabinowitz? Remember the Rabinowitz who wrote that hit piece in the Wall Street Journal on Ron Paul? 
Uh, I do remember. Yeah, we, her, we, I didn't see yeah, the No, we discussed TV. it. We discussed it that he, yeah, he's crazy. Yeah. Ron Paul's a nutball. And I don't think her Jewish heritage has anything to do with her remarks at all. That's impossible to even. No, she'd rather much have a, an anti Israeli uh, president <laughs> such as Obama. That's just typical. Well, listen to. So they interviewed her on, uh, on the Wall Street Journal. She's a member of the editorial board, so she does determine the direction of the, uh, of the paper. You just got to listen to this because, John. You and I, I mean, we uh, we uh, we think uh, Ron Paul's a pretty good guy. You know, we think he's got some good stuff going. Yeah. Right? yeah by the way, I, you, you, people have to see this woman to appreciate. Oh yeah. <laughs> talk about codgers. <laughs> well, we are apparently. How uh, does she get this job? I mean, you look at her background. It's like she's a Pulitzer Prize winner. She's classic. You know, uh, douchebag. Yeah. No, she is. She's a. She. Uh, and she won a Pulitzer Prize for like two. I think one was she was a backup or a reserve Pulitzer yeah, Prize. Yeah, whatever winner. she was, but she's an old battle axe. <laughs> it's a codger. Hey, don't don't be don't be ageist now. All of a sudden. Okay, she's just a battle axe. There you go. But we, of course, are neo Nazis. This is an important thing. Most people in our times know that there is a very strong strain of something wrong. I won't call it racism, but there's something really wrong. The numbers of people who have been attracted to Ron Paul unmistakably represent the breed of neo-Nazis and... (laughs) (laughs) Unmistakably represent the breed of neo-Nazis. Did you you get that brown shirt they're selling at the No Agenda Nation store? There's more. Uh, By no means. One reason I I kind of, uh, I I think it's possible that he didn't know that some of this was going on is because honestly, most of it, it's awful. It doesn't sound particularly libertarian in a lot of places. It's not libertarian. (laughs) It's not libertarian. This is not really a libertarian person. No, No, really. He is not, but he is attracted under this very large umbrella, uh, the distrust and hatred of government, the need for small government. But the other thing is, there's this mad quality. I don't mean insane. (laughs) No, wait, she doesn't mean insane. There's a raging quality of the disaffected. A lot. The disaffected and the disenfranchised. That would be us, too. Out of 9-11 truthers who hate the government for reasons best known to their psychiatrists. Yeah, I saw this. This is hilarious. For reasons best known to their psychiatrist. I can't afford a psychiatrist, biatch. And uh, there is no mistaking that population. And then there are the very good and decent people I know, I've written about, who said they want to take the parts of Ron Paul that they like. (laughs) You know, unfortunately, when you're the head of the nation, you don't get put in one dresser drawer to be pulled out for the good parts of you. Well, I, I think the part that people are responding to is that uh, plan to slash uh, federal spending. So it does seem that, uh, you know, assuming, given his numbers are pretty big now, I think, you know, it can't be all... I love this uh, this quality reporting. His numbers are pretty big now, yeah. Like, we got all the facts here. 9-11 truthers. I mean, there's truthers. obviously yes. a pretty no. big core of people who say... Yes, they can't all be 9-11 truthers. That movement can't be that big. That's impossible. This guy's flawed, but... I want smaller government. He's, they're saying he's flawed. They know he's flawed because of the foreign policy stuff that everybody knows about. The, the foreign policy stuff everybody knows about. This the is foreign policy stuff. Stuff that everybody knows about. <laughs> stuff. Yeah. But this is a new thing. This is a Pulitzer Prize winner, by the way. I'd, oh, give, yeah, I'd give it back yeah. if they gave me one. I'm like, I don't want your prize. I don't want to be in this, on the same give panel as this, this woman. And there is something about a character of someone who really didn't own up to it, can't own up to it, gets angry at being asked about it. 
the presidency of the United States is the important job in this world. Can you imagine a figure like this? Now, we know, uh-huh. I think we can be certain that he is not going to be elected the president. Yeah, we can be certain, because we're the Wall Street Journal. We know he's then not. Why are you even talking about it, lady? <laughs> the United Must be States. worried. Yeah. It's not by a long shot. Not by a long but shot. the point is, what does it say of people who are devoted to his cause, innocently devoted to his cause? Okay. Innocently. That- innocently. She, she's do- a propagandist. She's, this is the way Noam Chomsky talks. <laughs> Having it's not exp- like devoted. You have to. You're not just devoted. You might innocently. be devoted. You're innocently, innocently devoted. That means devoted. you're an idiot. Opposed okay. to all of this, including the belief that the United States has has been the bully that has made the victims, and that Iran is this innocent party who is the, representing this entire spectrum of the most loathsome views. <laughs> Do you still believe enough that you just need this one policy, this two policy, smaller government? I am afraid that life is not that simple. <laughs> well, talking about, you know, kind of brain dead, the play my clip, Ron Paul newsletter. And we here we have uh, one of the shows on Fox again. Uh, too much Fox. Uh, yeah, they're, so, they're, they're, so, they're so Republican. So and helping them out. Yeah. And so, <laughs> so they go on and they talk about Ron Paul's newsletter. And one of the women who is one of the major commentators, she's black. She says that she talks about the newsletters, and then she makes the comment, although I've never seen them. Okay, how do you, how, let's, let's cut to the chase okay. and go to the dream matchup. So assume the polls are correct in Iowa. Ron Paul wins. He, 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 he comes an impressive second in New Hampshire, and he has a real headwind behind him, and he gets the nomination. Ron Paul versus Obama. With, what a contest. With the newsletter <laughs> controversy. Uh. Ron Paul would not make a great candidate. Mm. Liberals will run ads against him. I have not read the newsletters, but from what I've heard, you have anti-Semitic remarks, racist remarks. He, he insults everyone except yeah, he's, running, the white. Yeah, he's running against the guy who was in Jeremiah Wright's uh, church. Doesn't and matter. Who's been the, supposedly you know, the most anti-Israeli I, president. I actually, I actually think that, I mean, if you read the, the newsletter stuff, it is really heinous, the stuff that's in there. But, but what makes it even more problematic, I think, for somebody running for president is what kind of person doesn't know what's in their newsletters exactly. for 10 years <laughs> that there are videos of him hawking to people. You know what I mean? So it sort of raises oh, wow. the question of if you can't even keep track of and your little newsletter. it's the Ron newsletter, Paul newsletter. How are you going to keep track of now, the country? Now, Kirsten, from... Okay, from, it's good enough. So there are a couple points to be made here. One, the one woman doesn't even... The newsletter is available it. to look at. Yeah. You look at him, it's a lot of politically incorrect commentary that is hardly to the le- level of heinous. I don't think either one of these people actually looked at these newsletters. No. Uh, I think they're politically incorrect, and that's about where it ends. And then she makes a comment. He's, he's there on videos hawking the newsletters. Have you ever seen such a video? No, they're referring to one video from 1999 where he's in his in his uh, doctor's office, and he uh, is asked a question, and he, and he says, well, yeah, I know I have the Ron Paul newsletter about gold and investing and how to survive the, uh, the coming economic crash. Uh, that is not a hawk at all. Yeah, no, so so we're basically listening to nothing but blatant propaganda, propaganda L- lies, on Fox. Lies, hate, lies. The, the Ron Paul Hatred Club. So let's listen to one more. I got Ron, th- this is on the five where they have the dingbats all around the table with oh, Gilfoyle's oh, legs. Wait, yeah, the hot legs. And so, yeah, by the show. way, they, we were watching her and I was commenting on her legs. She, her, they <laughs> moved her from the right-hand side of the table to the left-hand side of the table, which oh. where her legs are. She must and, have a bruise. 
Buzzkill Jr. pointed out that's where the Fox logo is spinning. Oh. And so your attention is drawn it's to her drawn legs. drawn to her legs and nothing. the logo. Oh. She usually, and she has these huge spike heels. I mean, she's really got these great legs. <laughs> and so you look over there and you're sending, you're, and the spot, the, the Fox logo is spinning around and it's going right. into your brain. Hey, that good on uh, Buzzkill Jr., man. It, yeah, he's, 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 he's going to have to be a member of the consulting crew. Oh, well, wait, wait, I, 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 wait a minute. What kind of nepotism is this? Yeah. It's, right, yeah it's now pretty... it's a three-way split all of a sudden. No, no, he doesn't get any money. Uh-oh. <laughs> Who caused the problem is, and the reason that we're $15.1 trillion in debt right now, and that's only going up, is because of our government's chronic addiction, or they're just their chronic overspending. I mean, how long have we been overspending like this? Bush added to it. Obama's added to it. Who is actually going to have the guts to scale it back? You answer that question, Charles. <laughs> Who's got the guts to, 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 uh, to, I, to put a Ron stake Paul? in that stuff? Ron Paul? <laughs> oh. I, uh... <laughs> <laughs> you silly man, you made it funny. <laughs> Well, they all start sniggering at the Ron Paul. Oh, Ron Paul could do it. Oh, it's hilarious. So, so Morning Joe had uh, Al, Al Sharpton on. Oh. <laughs> no conflict here. Uh, and but, you, could you actually understand him is the question. Well, he's the only black man in America that really hates Ron Paul, I think. Uh, if I'm just looking at the YouTubes, which you need to talk about in a second. But uh, uh, Morning Joe dude, what's his name? Scarborough. He, pull, he pulls out the anti-Semitism thing in a big way. There is, there is a tension that we need to explain here uh, among Ron Paul supporters. There are some who will embrace his domestic agenda, embrace the idea of a smaller government, even if they don't agree with everything. And they have been for some time with their eyes rolled. And I know because I know a lot of people who, you know, that's my crowd as far as, you know, small government libertarians who will roll their eyes, be concerned like Dorothy about foreign policy, but also, Reverend Al, uh, will go away from an event saying there is always a strain of anti-Semitism. I've never heard the racism <laughs> part, but always a strain of anti-Semitism. I have been to some Ron Paul events. I have never felt a strain of anti-Semitism there. And how for him to say that, I mean, this is this is almost as bad as, uh, you know, when people say, oh, the Jews own the media. Yeah, you just say it over and over again. And somebody starts thinking that way when it's bull crap. The thing of the anti-Semitism only stems from one simple thing. He wants to cut off all foreign Israel, aid, including Israel. Yeah. Along with everybody else, he just, which, of course, he wouldn't manage to do when he was president. It's just one of those things that just can't be done. But he, that's what he would like to do. Which, and by so the this way, somehow is, translates to anti-Semitism. Yeah, which, by the way, is $235 million, according to the Inet, Inet uh, newspaper. That's what we're giving uh, Israel. $235 billion, I'm sorry. $235 billion. $235 billion. Yeah, it seems like a lot of money. That's like more than the tax could break. could balance our budget. Yeah, $235 billion. And then we had this new shill. This guy is very funny. A guy, uh, Eric Dondero, which is not even his real name, it turns out. His name is like Rittatini or something. And he, and he, and he worked for Ron Paul in, uh, I don't know, uh, one of his congressional runs, I think. I don't think, maybe it was on the previous presidential bid, but he got fired. And he uh, wrote a blog post uh, saying, well, you know, he's... Uh, he sucks, basically. <laughs> he's he's anti-Israel. He's no good. And then he comes on uh, on CNN, and it was a good question. 
that was asked, but uh, his answer is hilarious because, of course, you know, the guy is a shill. Eric, do you have a role in any other campaign? And if so, does that candidate support what you're doing here? Um, I, I work as a professional political petitioner. I do a lot of different campaigns all around the country. Um, like, um, Are you working on like, behalf of uh, any San, other GOP candidate? I petition a lot. In, I've been there for five months in California. Are you working on behalf of any other GOP candidate? I, I, at the moment, I'm working at least two candidates trying to get them on the ballot as a petitioner, but I'm not directly connected with any political campaign. I'm a, a contract employee for petitioners. And have you- yeah, the answer is yes, a-hole. The answer is yes. You're working for competitive uh, campaigns. Yeah. Why doesn't he say say it? Because because he's a shill and uh, yeah, he's a classic. He wasn't expe- but the thing that's interesting to me, and I'm not sure if this uh, what the truth is. The internet is now filled with, and it's coming to my attention rapidly, with uh, Black Americans who are just going nuts and saying Ron Paul isn't racist. He's the only guy who's going to get our families out of jail for smoking a doobie. Yeah, exactly. The black community, I think, is way behind Ron Paul. I think that is what the fear is. If there's any fear from... Except the real Obama bots. They're still on board. Right. I mean, there's a, there's a video uh, which... Uh, well, actually, you sent me a, a video of uh, an awesome guy who's in his car. He's like better than, uh, than, the, than the reverend, the Mac Daddy reverend. This guy is, is just awesome to listen to. Uh, but there's another video. Maybe I'll play it at the end of the show before we do Maynard's clip. And it's just one after another. And they're all saying, like, you know, the corporate media, you know, they don't give a crap about you. They don't care. See, Ron Paul wants to end the war on drugs because, you know, and, and black people in America know that uh, what I think the statistic is 14 percent of all drug related uh, uh, crimes are um, attributed to African-Americans. But 65 percent is in jail. 65 percent. Yeah, no, it's ridiculous. The number of black people that have went, gone through the system, and then, of course, then they can't get work afterwards, and they make some perpetual criminals. The whole thing is a, well, to go a, a back disaster. in and to go back and it's in continuing it, because it's, it's a profitable business to be in. It's the slavery. Dr- war on drugs. It's slavery. It is pure slavery because you go in, you work for for nothing, making stuff for IKEA, whatever. You know, it's not just license plates. You, it's slavery, right? We've discussed this. Yeah, there's two or three companies that, that specialize in, the, in using the prison system as a slave a slave force, bigger than the one in China, I might add, yeah. which galls the Chinese to no end because, you know, we're always yeah. con- accusing them of this and we're doing it, yeah. Yeah. which is a classic. Of course, you accuse somebody else of doing something while you do it to draw attention away from yourself. And uh, the black community, I'm, I'm surprised that, you know, they, and they're not happy with Obama. He hasn't done anything about that. No. As far as he's concerned, he doesn't even know it exists. But if, but if he were really to get the black and Latino vote, I mean, he, which I think he has a good chance of doing, even just because he sounds different than all the other douchebags and says contrarian things and the two important ones and uh, the, the wars and, and the, the, including the war on drugs. Yeah, no, he wants to end all the wars, and, and there's a. The, I think I still think that Obama won the election because of his anti-war stance. It's going to get us out of Iraq right away. It's going to finish the job in Afghanistan right away. It's going to close Gitmo immediately. You can take that to the bank. <laughs> Nothing happened. He you didn't can do take anything. That to still- the bank. 
You know, they, now we're saber rattling to try to start another war in uh, Iran. Iran, and there's still the Libya situation, which is not well. And, and I have a question for you. Why don't we thank some of our uh, producers? For, oh, oh, my mic. Let's thank some of our producers first, because then I have a question about uh, Syria and Libya and the New York Times in particular, which you are an expert on, of course. I have a copy here. Yeah, I'm an expert. <laughs> So apparently the New York Times sent out something like nine million I, cancellation notices. Eight, eight and a half. It's like, and, but the worse, they said on their Twitter, they said, uh, we got hacked. That wasn't from us. Oh. That was spam. Oh, they oh, lied yeah, about right. it first. They lied about it. And then they went back and said, oh, no, that was uh, in error. But you could actually get a deal because they were offering an additional 52 weeks for uh, half price. And a lot of people said, yeah, I'll take that. And then they and yeah you know, and of course they had to honor it, but then they at a certain point they said, "Ah, oh, screw it, we're not honoring that anymore." The New York Times is in trouble, John. They got. Did you read about this big uh, this this letter that everyone signed? Yeah. So the you know like all the all the reporters they're like, "Hey, you're taking away our pensions. You're freezing everything." Right. And then meanwhile they they, they fired the CEO woman, I guess. Yeah. I can't Jan- remember. And they Janet. gave her not only a <laughs> fifteen a, million dollars. Yeah, fifteen million dollars <laughs> and a big pension boost. You know, with golden handcuffs, and that's what caused the letter to come out. It's yeah. like, what are you kidding me? Yeah. Why are you firing somebody who's incompetent, ruining the thing? You're giving them all this money, and you're killing our pensions. This is a classic example of what's wrong with the country. Well, but the New York Times. Well, I want to get into it because there's something else uh, that I noticed about the Times. But let, let's thank our producers first. Okay, and I want to mention we this are this are thanks for the last two shows, so they're going to be a little long. I want to warn people. I want to warn the affiliates that will be going overtime. <laughs> we'll be going over this, a lot of uh, slot <laughs> on these uh, on the spot. So and so and we're going to have a, a long segment here. We'll probably run the show a little longer to make really? up for it. But really, but let's start with Is Ray Jacobson. Long? Ashton, Virginia uh, came in with eleven hundred dollars, and it says wow. as per my drunken email uh essentially he's becoming a knight and challenging adam to get a dish satellite them or else he's not gonna that's gonna be the end of the he wants to, he wants to be the the a, a knight in the order of the dish yeah i think let's just well, we'll do that we're we'll gonna that. start working on these orders okay so he wants so my order my marching orders here are to uh use this money to get a dish um and hook it up to the clip machine he says so well, that's easy enough. So, but yeah. th- does he mean like the Dish Network, or does he mean yeah, like the that's C- what he means? The Dish Network. He loves you, the Dish Network. You sure he doesn't mean like a C band thing or something? That well, I that can... would be cooler. Why don't I get that? Why well, don't I get a C band? I'll send a mail back and forth, but I think that would be great. Yeah, I would love to have C band. We we both have had the Dish Network. I have it now, and I really like it, and it's good for C span. But the C band, one of those big old dishes, yeah, are cheaper than they've ever been, and you can get, and they have HD TV, which is apparently really good. Yeah, it's called 4D TV or something. But like you can get all the cool. all the satellite feeds, and you can listen in while people, and you have, can get all the little clips in between. Yeah, watch Anderson Pooper picking his nose and stuff. Yeah, well, I don't know if you'd want to watch that, but oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. David I Hoffman, uh, Sir David Hoffman in NOLA, Pennsylvania, came in with $800. $300 credit to Rhino the Beard in 300 to Gitmo Slave, 200 Karma to Yellow JKT. Yellow Jacket. Wow, that's amazing. Well, that's so nice of everyone. Cool. You've got Karma. Thank you, uh, Sir David. Uh, Stephen Jaffe in Rancho Palos Verde, California, 44411. Paul Elvis, Sir Paul Elvis. Elves, elves. That's uh, Paul the book guy. Paul the book guy, or uh, one of the great guys, by the way. Yeah. Three nine one six eight. Uh, 
Sir Chris Geelan in Brussels. Geelan. At 369. I assume the clip show is 368, so this is to become a member of the very special 369 Club. John, the clip show was fantastic. Greg Mir van Dat in 2012. <laughs> That's pretty good. I think everyone in, uh, in Holland and Belgium understood you. Good. Uh, von, uh, Baron von Pelsmacher's uh, uh, came in with 368, which was, I guess, the clip show thing. We'll credit him with a, a 368 Club membership uh, separately. Uh, in the morning, and Merry Christmas to John and renowned media assassins, always and consistently pointing out the bogativeness in mainstream media on the best <laughs> podcast in the universe. Hope you both have a great Christmas and happy holidays, only regular donors of the show, and maybe a little karma shot for all of them. Of course. You've got karma. Uh, Spiros Betis in uh, Nepani, Ontario, Canada. Three 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 three. Uh, hey guys, apologize behind him about four months. Don't worry, I'll catch you soon enough. Want to donate three six nine show? Uh, I don't know how that worked out. I want to take advantage of the magic <laughs> numbers and ask for some karma. And also, I think he just he asked for a deep. No, he, he has a theory. He wants to. He's heard a document about how BP. A lot of oil was found in Alaska, enough to supply the U.S. for twenty years, but they were told not to tell anyone. Uh, yeah. We have actually enough oil in North Dakota to, to supply the U.S. And, uh, and we could run on natural gas for uh, for 300 years. So yeah, yeah, and we also have 350 years supply of coal if we did nothing but burn coal. And, and we got lots of energy. Yeah, in we country. should just capture all the hamburger farts, and we could go for at least 25 years. So give him a karma. You've got karma. Mark Lay and Long Eaton Derbyshire. UK three 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 one one Robert Alter in Kansas City Missouri three 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 Paul Palchek in Camberwell uh, Victoria Australia my annual subscription could I please have some karma for a new work venture absolutely came in with three hundred karma and those will be our executive producers and we and for associate executive producers we got Her- Herbert Harms in Great Bend Kansas what's wrong with Kansas nothing. John and Adam, here's some value for value for the hard work and effort you both put into the show. I hope you and all the other producers have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Andrew, $250. Uh, Dr. Anonymous in Pearland, Texas, 234.56. Uh, he wants uh, he wants sincere thanks for all the hard work we do. He'd like the NDAA show. He's donating for no special reason at all. I think numerology, he came with 23456. I think numerology is pure bullcrap. <laughs> and I'm simply doing this as a goof. Good, keep it up. Additionally, please give me and my loving, hot, pregnant wife, Karma, and blessings in the new year. And uh, again, he says, I think he may have a de-douching coming too. But just well, give, I think, why don't you give his wife a. Uh, Milf, uh, ah, of course, I'd love Milf. That's one mother I'd like to. You've got karma. Absolutely. Send pictures. And he was only going to donate one, two, three, four, five, not believing in uh, numerology, but his dream in life was to become an executive producer of the No Agenda show. Good for him. I think everyone should have that as their goal. He says, uh, this Belgian ale I'm drinking is also helping to loosen up the pocketbook. Exactly. Donate drunk. Donate drunk. Massimo Cataneo in Noosa, Queensland, Australia. Two, 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 two. Uh, thanks for the show. Happy New Year's. Please give a birthday call to his daughter. We'll do that later. And uh, the kids love the birthday postcards. Fal- Falco Richter 
in uh, Berlin, Germany. Hey, John and Anna, Merry Christmas from Berlin. He came oh, in with two, two, two. I'm staying an executive producership after listening to the show from number one. Please uh, keep up the good work. Uh, you need some karma for his girlfriend, whose department is being replaced by people in Prague. Oh no! So, thank you. Hello EU. <laughs> so she will be looking for a new job within the next year. I'd like some deducing. Give him a combo. Yeah, hold on a second. You've been deduced. You've got karma. He hopes the producership makes up for that. Yes. Uh, Falco uh, Richter. I want to uh, hear John pronounce my name correctly in German. I'm sure this. I think he did pretty good, actually. Sir Beresloff Marinoff. Back again. Our rhyming uh, order of the rhyming night. Aliso uh, Viejo in California, two hundred one ten. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. Send some good karma to all listeners, especially to my family, wife, and future kids. By the way, in the U.S., I go by Bobby, not by Boris. We like Boris. Yeah. Uh, the amount uh, is the year shifted, and he wants the the, uh, the donation attributed to his twin boys' knighthood. Oh, so he, you keep the books, and we'll take care of it. Yeah. Okay. Give. He needs a uh, a karma oh, to the listeners. Sorry, of course. Here we go. You've got karma. And finally, Dean Carson in uh, Nairn, South Australia, $200, and he wishes everyone and us a Merry Christmas. Oh, it's so nice. Well, thank you all so much because, as you know, donating is loving. And uh, this is, of course, uh, as John pointed out, we'll be hitting a little bit past the affiliate breaks because we're doing uh, thanks and credits for two shows. These credits, of course, are real. Uh, you can put them on your, uh, on your resume, on your IMDb. Uh, and unlike the phonies in Hollywood, if you need us to vouch for you, which, by the way, doesn't happen a lot. There's not a lot of, you know, I think these credits are taken seriously. I, I don't see a lot of people saying. And a lot of times, no, they see the credits and they just assume the. Uh, it's a real it. credit, yeah. But it, once in a while, they'll check. And of course, the uh, the website to uh, show your love is. org slash NA. Donating is loving. So, uh,. I was up in... Hold on, uh, hold on. I, oh, have, uh, I have PR mentions. Oh, I also got to mention Dvorak.org slash uh, NA, but also <laughs> channeldvorak.com slash NA. No Agenda Nation has a, uh, a button, and so does NoAgendaShow.com. Groovy. Uh, a couple of... Uh, oh, by, oh, by the way, should also mention our next show is the first show of the year, and I think it's a great time to donate. Yeah. Get in on that one. Get in uh, for the numerology. Some uh, websites forwarding to noagendashow.com. Uh, actually, this one I might want uh, to do something with. The dronestarstate.com. Oh, yeah, that's, that's where you are. That's where I am, the Drone Star State. So I think that'll be my new mantra. Uh, I cannot believe this was available, but John, now pointing to the noagendashow.com website, eufoundingfathers.com. <laughs> we got to put a site up there, a real one. <laughs> At the we definitely Another need a Another bogative no agenda site. We definitely we'll have, like, need all these that. founding fathers just, just, just described as just put crazy. Some, just put some dudes in there. It's a phony pictures, but the guys write names. And then somebody and then we'll put us in there. <laughs> no, or how about just a whole bunch of guys from, from the chat? Like Mr. <laughs> Oil. We'll, we'll, we'll auction off. <laughs> Minister uh, of uh, Energy. <laughs> yeah, we'll auction off uh, ministerial uh, positions. <laughs> Uh, and then we have Brad Doherty, who uh, did a whole bunch of one. He says, I, I've been sitting on this one for a while, doucheba.gs. 
which is a good one. Douchebags. Yeah, douchebag.gs. It's a TLD. I don't know, but if you go to douchebag.gs, the picture shows a douchebag. And then if you click on the picture, it goes to uh, the NA show notes. Uh, he also registered for us. Um, let me see. Ooh, observatoryforhumanrights.com. Hello. This is what we need, John. This is going to get. This is going to put us on the map. Well, that's a good one. Observatoryforhumanrights.com. Go straight to the show. I think our resolution for next year should be to actually do some stuff with some of these crazy websites. Okay. <laughs> douchebag. It's a guy. Some guy. It's a douchebag. He's a douchebag. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a total douchebag. Douche then we also have uh, trainsgoodplanesbad.com. Let's vote for jobs.com. I think these are the ones that he had registered previously. So he's uh, really good. He also registered eattherich.us. And uh, this is great. But I think observatoryforhumanrights.com.org. Uh, Noagendahr.com and .org. This is great. Oh, he has a... Oh, hold on a second. If you go to observator, hmm, observatory for human rights.com, he put up a website, I think. Hold on a second. Uh, he has like a whole no agenda website that he's built. Oh, this is cool. Hold on. Let me check this again. Oh, yeah. That's the No Agenda Observatory for Human Rights. <laughs> Just send your cash. <laughs> <laughs> this is fantastic. Good job. <laughs> Observatoryforhumanrights.com. All right, that's the kind of stuff that we love. Thank you so much. Of course, everybody else out there, you do have a mission. You need to go out and propagate that formula. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. Wear it on your t-shirt. Shut up, slave. Oh, I do have to mention one more thing. A um, couple of our producers down under. Are you eating? Yeah, and I have a story to tell about this eating. Go on. A couple of our producers down under have done a, uh, are submitting a short film to um, a short film uh, festival. And they sent me the rough cut. And it is like it's like you might as well just call it the No Agenda movie. It is hilarious. It's about a a podcaster uh, who uh, you know gets the knock on the door. <laughs> it's ex- it, it, no, it's exact it's exactly what it is. Mr. Random Curry, the door, Mr. Curry, now. And the whole thing, there are people, you know, the extras on the street are wearing No Agenda Slave t-shirts. You know, guys getting two to the head. People giving karma. And then the cops are chasing them. And they're, like, in the car with a radar. And it's like, it's, and the, and the, the, the feds say, it's time to play win, lose, or drone. I mean, the whole, it's hilarious. <laughs> so they want me to do the, some voiceover stuff, which I'm going to do. And, the, and they shot it entirely on an iPhone. Uh, it's really, it's really good. No, there's some effects in there too. There's like the ex- well, you can get a pretty good uh, movie with the iPhone 4S. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's good, and I can't wait for this thing to, uh, um, to come out. They have it was the rough cut. This was the uh, 
there was it was like dailies, but it was strung together, and it was you know it said explosion here, so I know they're going to do this. They had like they're shooting guns, and you see walls, you know, like exploding and people shot in the head with blood spurting out. It's pretty good. <laughs> so I uh, look forward to that. <laughs> it's uh, still under wraps, but it's uh, it's coming. Um. Yeah, so over the, uh, I want to say something about the New York Times. Uh, well, you sure? Yeah, I am sure because uh, there was this report all of a sudden, and and uh, I did a little bit of research here, and this really, really bugged me when I heard it. Um, listen, because this was picked up by everybody. And we shift gears now. A powerful study today from this is Diane Sawyer, ABC. We I know think we can tell yeah, she sounds like the, the editor of the New York Times. Yeah, she's in the milieu. From the New York Times, confirming something so many people have suspected: members of Congress are not only a lot richer than average Americans, they got richer still during the recession, as ordinary Americans saw their net worth go down eight percent. Members of Congress saw theirs go up 15%. And why was that? We asked ABC's anchor Dan Harris to track down the answer. Democratic House leader Nancy Pelosi, a millionaire, reportedly spent Christmas in a $10,000 a night hotel suite in Hawaii. Democratic Senator John Kerry, worth $231 million, provoked an uproar when he docked his $7 million yacht in a neighboring state to avoid taxes. Republican Congressman Daryl Issa, the richest member of Congress, is worth nearly half a billion dollars. And then there's Republican Congressman James Sensenbrenner, who was already a multimillionaire when he hit the lottery three times. Congress is pretty much evenly divided between red and blue, but there is one color that is very much bipartisan, and that is green. So this report goes on and on. Hold on a second. Yeah, I know. I hit the lottery three times. I know. I know that was your, that was very annoying. So the, what does that insinuate? The guys on the inside of the lottery? I'm not sure what they meant by that. And by the way, this is just not a report, John. It's a very powerful report, as you heard Diane Sawyer say. Powerful. So I went to uh, so then I go to this New York Times uh, thing, and uh, so of course the conclusion of this is partially because something that we, you've been talking about for a long, long time which is that, uh, you know, it's not illegal for all this insider trading that goes on in Congress because, you know, they make the laws so they can uh, invest early, get in early, and, uh, you know, sell on the news. Um, But the New York Times report cites their data from something called the Center for Responsive Politics. Have you heard of such an organization? No. So, of course, I go look up the Center for responsive politics, because apparently that's where the data came from. Thinking to myself, well, maybe these guys had something to do with this report. Uh, if you uh, uh, consult the Book of Knowledge, that takes you to OpenSecrets.org. And OpenSecrets.org says, help us shine a light on money and politics. About us. Hmm. Funders. Let me see. Who's the top funder? Oh, the Open Society Institute. Soros. <laughs> this is this is George Soros stirring up the pot. Try, this is the whole Occupy Wall Street 99% versus the 1%. This is just to get people mad at each other. This whole thing is propaganda. <laughs> you think? Yeah, but I mean but it's but the New York Times, how compromised are these jabronis? 
I mean, that's that's really bad. And if, by the way, you go look at the OpenSecrets.org website, this uh, report, this powerful report, is not on the website. In fact, uh, and this came out uh, on uh, right after Christmas, on their homepage it says, the Center for Responsive Politics will be closed between Saturday, December 24th and Monday, January 2nd for the Christmas and New Year's holidays. So this powerful report, when did they get this? They weren't even open when all this came out. It's not on their website. This is, the whole thing is one big propaganda. job. Total inside job. The well, Washington. What's interesting to me is that the Sunlight Foundation actually gives them more money than uh, Soros. Soros does. Yeah. Who runs the and Sunlight? And the Sunlight Foundation, we're talking about Craig Newmark of Craigslist, Jimmy Wales of oh, Wikipedia, sure. Lawrence Lessig. Oh, really? Yeah. Esther Dyson. It's uh, like the, the right. usual suspects. Yeah, you can't, so you can't trust any of these people. I would say that's probably true. That's why we do this show. If you go to the Sunlight Foundation, first story, the political 1% of the 1%. Yeah, this is all about just getting people angry at each other. Making government transparent and accountable, really. Uh, Well, how's that working out? Well, they got their man in there. What good does it do them? I mean, a we're transparent talking, that whole group gift, is all Democrats, by the way. A transparent gift for the holidays. Let your transparency superhero know how much you care with a gift from the Sunlight Foundation. What does that mean? Shop Sunlight. Oh, that's funny. Go to donate.sunlightfoundation.com. We need to hire this guy. Let me take a look. <laughs> how not to sell a mug and a t-shirt. <laughs> Because some douchebag is the model. (laughs) And then they have some chick with huge bazookas. Yeah, she's huge. She's got a big top. They're so big that they had to get her in frame. They apparently had to turn her sideways. (laughs) I'm telling you. This is. Anyway, so the New York Times is. I mean, that proves they're just completely compromised. Compromised. Completely compromised. Just taking data that no one else can get to, and oh, and look how bad, look how evil. Oh, the one percent is no good. They're all no good. <sighs> the other thing is kind of in the same light of, of that story is that the stuff that's leaking out is a lot of it began this morning. The uh, leaking out of the new book, All In, The Education of General David Petraeus, which oh, is coming no. out in January, and they've, oh. they've, they've leaked it. Oh, I haven't heard about this. You mean, oh, yeah. you mean the PR? So you watched the, this morning, you had to catch it. You mean the PR company's on the ball, is what you're saying. They leaked it. They leaked it. Yeah. And so the book has got a bunch of weird stuff in it that is very much like the Stanley McChrystal stuff. Oh, Where Petraeus really? is bitching about the president and why oh. wouldn't have got out the way he did. And he, was, and he apparently had this quote in there. Uh, I guess it was either with McChrystal or somebody, and I, I haven't isolated it because I only caught the end of a, a report this morning about how, how uh, Petraeus says, well, the president was fucking with the wrong guy. Oh, really? Yeah, and so, uh, and of course, he's apologized for his use of language. Oh, now I understand why we had that whole story about, um, oh, uh, the Pentagon did an audit of the of the uh, the experts they they push forward the retired experts they push forward to television yeah so this is part of the promotion for the book ah aha okay yeah that makes sense in fact they even said uh yeah here it is uh 
The internal review was apparently found no fault with the exclusion of four individuals. Uh, so what happens is the Pentagon uh, essentially does luncheons and brunches and all kinds of little get-togethers for these retired experts who go on all the news uh, programs, and they brief them uh, to make sure they've got their facts right. Yeah, this is the brainwashing <laughs> sessions. Tech companies do this. I, I go to them all the time, and I, I go, you know, it's just what you do. You want to get brainwashed. Wearing your tinfoil hat, I presume. Oh, yeah. Um, but they spoke critically of a couple of individuals, uh, specifically... General Wesley Clark, who apparently lost his position as an analyst for CNN because of Pentagon and White House displeasure with, oh, really? with what he had to say. <laughs> yeah, this is the guy that that uh, that actually blew the whistle on the whole idea of, uh, hey, let's go in uh, to Iraq and Lebanon and Syria and let's get, let's get all these countries. That says it right here in the report. So CNN basically only hires people that the Pentagon says is okay? Correct. Wow. They'd, you are correct, sir. <laughs> wow. So this is a, a biography of Petraeus. Now, he's now head of the CIA, and so, so there's a lot of stuff in here that obviously now the, uh, the uh, CIA is in involvement i think there's i think we, we were going to see the in 2012 next year we're going to see the the reemergence of something we used to talk about on the show two or three years ago which was the cia versus obama battle oh yeah and this is the opening salvo the book comes out right away in the first part of 2012 2012 marks the point where it begins again what is the name of the book again all in all in Let's see. Uh, it's all in, and there's colon, the education of General David Petraeus. Huh. And apparently Petraeus was going to quit over uh, four-star general CIA director Petraeus was urged to resign as Afghanistan war commander over President Barack Obama's decision to quickly draw down surge forces. Huh. And then he backed off on his going to quit. So, it's, so, quit. so this is then a, uh, this is a hit job from... Uh, Against the CIA is what you're saying. No, no, I think this is a CIA hit job oh, against okay. Obama. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, so it is his book. It's a book about him. Oh, hmm. Written by... Uh, Who wrote it? Who wrote it? I guess Paula Broadwell. Some people have never heard of these writers. Huh. All field, <laughs> They're field agents. I, don't, I have no idea who wrote this. It but comes it's out on uh, January 24th, field agents. Uh, Paula Broadwell. Let me take a look at what she's written. I'll get these people on the big book show. Oh, uh, yeah, definitely. She has uh, not published anything else, so she's a first-timer. And Vernon Lube, he must Go be. right to the top with a first-time book. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, he wrote King's Council, a memoir of war, espionage, and diplomacy in the Middle East. Sounds suspicious. <laughs> Wait, Vernon Lube. We got to consult the book on knowledge on this guy. He must have a wiki page. What's his name? Vernon Lube. L O E B. Mm. Probably Lobe. Lobe. Lube. Lobe. 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 Uh, oh, interesting. He also wrote this. Oh, this is interesting. The Secret War Between the FBI and CIA, a nonfiction book by American historian and policy analyst Mark Riebling, I guess. So the, he's, he's in the game. He contributed to that book. 
Yeah, he started back in uh, field, the early field, 90s as a Pentagon correspondent. Field, field agents. Yeah, you and a national me. security correspondent. Oh, yeah, I was right. Go. Field yeah, agents. Field agents. <laughs> well, good. Then we have a lot of PR to look forward to. But oh, we, yeah. This is going to be great. But that's the PR for uh, for people who read. There was some PR for the rest of us, though. Did you see Nike's PR move? It got a little out of hand, but I think they did a good job. Did you see this one? The one about the Oregon uniforms? Nike released a new shoe this morning, and oh, this yeah. was the scene in a lot of places. This video from Indianapolis shows people trampling each other to get a pair of the new Nike Air Jordan. Now, this is so good because if you listen to the report, so you, you can't see it, but they're showing the shoe continuously in the box, and everyone's like, yeah, I got it, I got it. And, you know, it's, like just, it's like crazy. Retros. Yeah, King Five's Natalie Swaby has more on the madness in Tuckwilla, where police had to step in. It just moved everybody to one single line, so they're pretty upset. We're, yeah, in the middle of pushing each other. They're fighting yeah, over these shoes. fighting over the shoes. The anger and arguments for this. There you have it, the Concord 11. There you have it, beautiful pop shot good job carlisa williams made it to the mall by midnight to get her hands on a pair now did you see any other riots anywhere around the country for these dumb shoes no yeah no selected I, selected outlets selected well, that outlets was where the riots were very it made it sound as though there's a riot in every town that had these shoes yeah this was a pr move a blatant pr move by nike i bet you they hired people to go and, and jam the store that would be worth it. Yeah, but yeah, but some of their extras got pepper sprayed, which is kind of a bummer. Uh, man, it's just unbelievable. These shoes. Extras <laughs> got pepper sprayed. <laughs> hey, man, I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> hey, where's my check, man? I want out. It's no good. But they probably could get people to write, do the writing if they gave them. You don't have to pay them. You just give them a pair of give shoes. The, shoes, the yeah. way the guy does with the girls gone wild. They get a T-shirt. <laughs> I think that uh, scam is not as easy anymore. What, uh, the T-shirt scam? Yeah, with the girls gone wild. I don't know. I'll bet you it is. We, I get the, the sneaking suspicion that it is. <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> I can go ask some of the girls. They got uh, $5 dances at uh, XCC uh, Cabaret in yeah, Austin. Yeah, ask them if they do, the, do it for a T-shirt and get on, uh, on the video. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, back to the New York Times, I want to point out some stories that showed up today. In mm -hmm. A6, we've moved up to violence flares in Syria. Yeah, this is, uh, this is interesting. Um, <clears throat> Mr. Oil... Uh, who has, uh, I think he, he speaks Russian. He sent me uh, an article from the Russian newspaper. The, uh, see, which newspaper is it? Um, Newsru.com. Uh, <clears throat> where it says specifically, um, highlights, Russia will take Bashar under protection, offered him and his family safe haven in Russia, and the entire operation is in collaboration with the USA. That's according to the Russian, the Russian newspapers. Huh. And, of course, uh, they have all these... Really, if, if you watch the news... And, by the way, they brought Hala Galani onto CNN. Whenever she's on, then something's going to happen. Because when, when Libya happened, Hala Galani, all of us, remember her? 
Hala Galani. Oh, yeah. She's kind of cute, right? Hala Galani. And I don't understand why she's not on more often, particularly, you know, from a, a television uh uh, producer and consultant. She probably standpoint. has the. She probably uh, gaffs every so too much or something. Who knows? Well, she. Did, but, yeah, I don't know. She she does a good job. And but whenever she's on, it's always about Middle East stuff. And then oh, here we go. And uh, so they have the observers from the Arab League. Yeah, these are a trustworthy bunch. The observers from the Arab League, and they're in there, and they're getting mobbed. By, by, they're getting mobbed by the people, but they're only showing cell phone footage and they're saying, oh, it's really dangerous. Meanwhile, thousands of Syrians chanted death to America Saturday during funeral processions in Damascus for 44 of the people killed in twin suicide bombings. Why would they say death to America and not death to Ashad? Why is that? Well, you tell me. Because it's a, the whole thing is a phony fake setup. They want to get this guy out so they can take over. And I guess we I guess, I guess we have a deal with the Russians, clearly, according to the periodical that we were sent. Well, we've said that there's been a deal with the Russians ever since we we started looking at Cyprus. And then we started looking at the Russian ports and we decided that the Russians are docked there in Syria. And yeah. they have and they just did. And then they all of a sudden all this stuff changes. The Syria threat goes away once Exxon does a deal with Putin. Yeah. And then the, the whole thing is now under some, it's, it's on some playbook that we don't have access to, but it's obvious something's going up. Well, I think, I think it's going to happen. I think, he's, I think we're not going to have uh, a drone situation or no fly zone. I think he will step down, he'll get out of the way, and then we move in with the Russians somehow. I, and maybe this is all us and the Russians against China. That could be. That would make nothing but sense to me. Because the Chinese are moving their ships around, right? Don't they have ships yeah, everywhere? Yeah, they're moving stuff around, and the Russians are just as freaked out as we are that they're going to take all our stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, Bastards. You know, Chiners. <laughs> get, so out of, like, get out of here, And, and this Assad guy is a loose cannon. Well, I, I, I think he's, he's, he has a, a weird lineage. Yeah, well, I think he's, 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 he's not a guy you want. I mean, he's just not going to cut it. Oh, why don't we give Obama to them then? Sorry? Why don't we give Obama to Syria? Do a trade. <laughs> yeah. We can take care of that guy. No problem. In Texas, we know how to deal with people like that. Have you seen uh, the latest uh, X Factor moves? No, I don't watch the X Factor. Yes, you do. No, I don't. No, I mean uh, the, the political X Factor, the Republican race. Oh, that X factor. Yeah. Well, what about it? What I mean, it's just it's going, it's, it looks like playbook material to me. Well, here it is. Uh, who's the next guy to move up? We got to move. We got to have oh, Santorum. Our top story: a stunning turnaround here in Iowa. Stunning. Our latest CNN Time ORC poll shows Rick Santorum surging to third place with sixteen percent as Newt Gingrich fades badly and falls into Woo! fourth place. Isn't that he's like doing sports scores now? Surging the third place is New Grit. New yeah, so fades, fades away. Cabbages by my head. And, and, we've got, we've got, the and we got Lucky Newt coming up just behind, but Lucky Newt is fading back. We have Rick Santorum. We've got his Frothy Mix, Frothy Mix, Frothy Mix for the win. Frothy Mix now in number three. Santorum has covered just about every inch of the state of Iowa, staking his campaign on a strong showing here among social conservatives and others, and it certainly seems to be paying off 
with six. And he's got a shit-eating grin on his face. Days to go until the caucuses. The former senator of the White House hopeful is joining us now live in Dubuque. Uh, you got a big smile on your face. I always smile when I'm with you. you you've always been pretty upbeat that <laughs> yeah. things were eventually going to move in the right direction. Upbeat. If they have to move the guy's in the right direction. <laughs> yeah, I'm always, I'm always smiling with you, Wolf, as he pats his arm. Oh, oh he's live in studio. No, he, no, Wolf is on his bus. A wolf is is live in Iowa on his bus. Oh, brother! <laughs> I mean, just, I I guess they really think that they're fooling us with this stuff. I mean, no one. If you if we walk down the street right now and say Rick Santorum, how many people would actually know who that is? Nobody. Nobody. Of course not. Unless you ran into a no agenda producer, and then Gary Johnson, and then they'd laugh. Yeah, and Gary Johnson uh, quit the Republican Party. Yeah, he's being used as a... Uh, to break it up. He's being used to go third party to screw the Republicans for some reason. I still think... We've talked about this before, too, many a time. That there's... I think there's a, an underlying sense by both parties that you really don't want to win this next election because of what's going to happen to the economy. Yeah. So it might be beneficial to bring in a third party to sink Romney because he can beat Obama. Well, it's pretty clear that Wall Street is putting their money behind Romney. That's for sure. They're really going. Yeah, and they've all also out. changed the, the Fox has changed his whole tune about Romney. If you recall, when we when when the, these campaigning began, they were so anti Romney they'd do anything to keep him from getting in. They they hated yeah, because him because most of them got Mormon. most of them got screwed of, by him. We did we right. We did a bunch of reports about the Mormon thing and how nobody's going to talk about it. And then and then they hate you know. And Fox was against him and Ron Paul. And then all of a sudden, because of the Ron Paul threat, yeah. they realized that they had to get on board with somebody. And so now there's huge Romney fans. It's amazing. Well, it turns out though, the thing that uh, <clears throat> that I just learned is that the way the Republican uh, primary rules are written. <clears throat> Here it is. Any presidential primary, caucus, convention, or other meeting held for the purpose of selecting delegates to the national convention, which occurs prior to the first day of April in the year in which the national convention is held, shall provide for the allocation of delegates on a proportional basis. Now, what this means is that delegates will be apportioned to candidates on a proportional basis in Republican caucuses and primaries conducted before April 1st. So everything we've seen to date... Uh, obviously, Iowa, then we have New Hampshire, uh, every state, in fact, except Florida, which has a, a like a winner take all rule. So the way I see it is this proportional representation means that you can still have all these different delegates go. It's like this. It's fixed. It's completely rigged. Yeah, it's rigged for the one guy that they can that, that, that who gets uh, a number, you know, like keeps coming in second and second and second, then takes all of California. Right, exactly. You because know, there's these big, there's two or three of these monster states: Pennsylvania, New York, California. Um, I think there's maybe another couple, but whatever the case, they get all those guys and they just walk walk away walk with away it. with it. Yeah. Weird. Yeah, no, it's rigged. It's yeah. obviously okay, rigged. Okay, just want I mean, to that's, that's why I think you can make the prediction it was going to be Romney at the beginning of this whole thing. And uh, you, I'm still sticking, still sticking with, with the Perry. Rick Perry right. thing because well, I don't see any alternative. What I will not Perry. allow myself to say, will not allow myself to say, you know, there's no chance of Ron Bell winning. I just won't say it. And I think, you know. No, there is a chance. I think there is a chance. I'm, pre- I'm not predicting that. 
I mean, I'm going to make a prediction. You are. I would like to see Ron Paul win, and I think there is a chance he can win, but I think they'll shoot him. Oh, man, don't say that thing, man. That's horrible. But you know what? I saw it happen in Holland. I saw it happen. I saw with- it happen with Bobby Kennedy. Bobby Kennedy was going to be elected president. Then they, well, they certainly killed him, didn't they? They shot him in Los Angeles. Yeah, in a kitchen. Right. Yeah. Well, and if, of course, if, this, you know, there's done tell by you, some. I tell you one thing: if they, if that would happen, then then the cockeye hits the fan. You know, you would have thought the same thing when they shot Bobby Kennedy. Uh, but this, I think it's a little different now. I do. I think. I, you think, know, I think is no. I think is. I think. I think the people today are more cowed than they were back then when they were openly rioting back in the sixties and seventies. Then today, there's there's very little. They got the free speech zone they put up with. Everybody's you know playing the nonviolent game and and do, can't use a microphone. Okay, we won't use a microphone. <laughs> My kid. I mean, whatever they they're told, they do it. And so uh, I don't see this. I think this group is much more docile. Oh, and, I, and nothing would happen if Ron anything happened to Ron Paul, oh, or if he or if man. he pulls a Ross Perot and just quits. I don't think he'll do that. I don't think so either. I think. Uh, well, you know what? I, I I'm counting on the uh, as I'm counting on the black and Latino vote. That's that's what I think will make the difference. I really do. I think I think so too. I, but you know, most of those people are, or many of them are, are registered Democrats. They have to re-register as a Republican to vote for Ron Paul in the yeah, primaries to get him in in the first place. Yeah, well, but yeah, you know, he he still hasn't ruled out a third party bid, which would be very difficult, I guess. Yes, he has. He has ruled no, it out he over has, and over he again. Has he has not. A big deal he, about no, it. he has not. He says no. It's not time to discuss that. He says I'm not considering that now. I have heard him say over and over again that there's no chance he's going to do it. I bet you if he uh, okay. If he does not become the Republican candidate, he will go third party. I, I can pretty, put that in your book. I'll put it in the book, and you're going to be dead wrong. Put it in the book. I mean, I wasn't too it's wrong It's going about, in as we speak. Put it in the book. There was something else we were right on the other day. What was that? Uh, something about... Uh, <clears throat> oh, by the way. Yeah, here it is. Remember that... Uh, that banker from uh, Greenhill, yeah, who uh, crashed his plane in weird circumstances. Right. Follow up to that. AT and T's failed thirty nine billion dollar acquisition of T Mobile is sending Greenhill and Co towards M and A League table obscurity. They plunged to fortieth place in the mergers and acquisition rankings after AT and T scrapped its deal. Huh? Uh huh. The guy must have got people. Hey, you know, I, this is a this is a done deal. Put your money into this, and you know, or, <laughs> someone got really angry about we that. We need deal. some insur- <laughs> We need the insurance in case. Yeah. Wow. Uh, when I read that, I'm like, okay. There's only one thing you can say. Coincidence? I think not. Please. Coincidence. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, there's a lot of money involved. I got a historical clip for you. Which uh, you probably saw. Um, now, uh, President Obama, or actually, the uh, it's it's headlined as Obama, but I don't think that's true. I think it's the uh, Democratic Party has returned seventy thousand dollars of uh, Corzine donations. 
Yeah, and they kept like a quarter of a million. Oh, really? Yeah, they, 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 that's <laughs> only part of it. Oh, they spent that. I guess it's gone. So the historical clip that's been doing the round. Now we already ha- uh, we already played a couple weeks ago. President Obama freaking out about Corzon because, of course, Corzon was a big bundler, bought in uh, a lot of money. And uh, let's face it, the guy was the Federal Reserve, Goldman Sachs, you know, super shill. He's, it, it, there, anyone in the White House, this guy's bitch. But have you heard the Joe Biden thing where Corzine is standing right next to him? No. I mean, literally, one of the early discussions we had in Chicago in preparation for the administration, our transition team out there, we got together, I think it was 30, 35 economists, all left, right, center. And what did we talk about? The first question they want to raise with us is whether we might have to call a bank holiday, a bank holiday on our the day after we were sworn in. Ladies and gentlemen, the president and I weren't back there blaming John Corzine. They know what we were doing. We were on the phone calling John Corzine, <laughs> literally. I literally picked up the phone and called John Corzine and said, John, what do you think we should do? The reason why we called John is because we knew he knew about the economy, about world markets, about how we had to respond, (laughs) unlike almost anyone we knew. And because he had been in the pit, he had been in the furnace, and we trusted his judgment. And everybody kind of forgets this. But what we heard from John is what we needed to do. What we needed to do, we needed a serious economic recovery plan. John had already, no, I'm not doing this for applause. I'm just, it's all just, you know, as he used to say, ain't brag, man, just facts, just the facts. The facts were, John, leading your legislature, was already moving in New Jersey on an economic stimulus package. What? Before anybody else was. <clears throat> But John knew, John knew, what other governors know, but many didn't acknowledge, that it wasn't sufficient. No state was big enough, as strong and as wealthy and as powerful as your state, no state was big enough to be the economic engine for national growth. So John suggested and laid out, and we talked a long time (laughs) about what the elements of the recovery package nationally should be. We knew without a national package, it wouldn't work. And John was right. You talk about Christie being wrong, I can start a mantra where John was right. John was right about this. <laughs> so, folks. John we was act- right. John was right. <laughs> yeah, he broke the state. And, of course, then he can't even run this company without corrupting corrupting the customer's funds, which is totally illegal. The guy should be locked up for 100 years. Oh, no, it'd be nothing. You see that smug look on his face? Oh, oh, John, hold on a second. We have breaking news. Rick Santorum, he's shaking up the field. It's like any small business person. This is live on CNN. Money's not coming in. You just got to work harder. And that's what we're doing. We're continuing to work hard. We're we're going. GOP presidential field shakeup only five days before Iowa caucus. John, it's amazing what's happening right before our very eyes. What corrupt news organization are you taking this from? CNN. The situation room. I guess it does roll. And is Santorum's efforts, are they paying off? Wow. How stupid do they think we are? Uh, 
Uh, I don't think they have a lot of watchers anymore. No. Well, not or viewers. Viewers. No, not not uh, not with Aaron Burnett. They do that so wrong. So I know they're handling her. Per, uh, they're, they're told, yeah. yeah, yeah, we've discussed it, but it's just it's sad because the the, the Curry Devorak Consulting Group. I mean, we, we could send Buzzkill Junior in. And, and yeah, we could use it. He could do the job. <laughs> he could go and he could fix it right up. You know, she needs to show some leg. Yeah, where's the legs? Yeah, and by the way, don't get all angry. We're on a treadmill for a while and take advantage of the. <laughs> don't talk. Uh, don't please don't say that we're all like uh, sexist and stuff. We're talking like CNN executives speak. This is how it works. That's the way CNN, all, all, network, all, all, all network executives, all suits yeah. speak like that. They're constantly talking. They fire people for gaining a few pounds. They're always criticizing oh, yeah. their looks. It's oh, yeah. got to be miserable being a woman at high, in broadcasting, especially at a high level. Even I mean, Paula Zahn quit Fox because she wouldn't show enough legs. They kept telling her to show more legs, more legs, more legs, and she finally gave up and quit. Remember Carolyn Heldman at MTV? Yeah. She was uh, from Colorado, kind of girl next door. She was hired as like the girl next door. Very sweet. Very, very nice girl. Um, and she was wearing shorts. And uh, you know, her thighs were you know, a little big. They looked a little bigger on television. But that wasn't it. It's like uh, the executives actually called down to the studio and said, tell her to shave her legs or put on some pants. And she said... <laughs> And she got fired over that. <laughs> I swear to God, she got fired over her hairy legs. She had hairy legs. Yeah, you know, like uh, you know, like little duck hair. You know, like blonde. It wasn't. Oh, it wasn't she horrible. Was a big hairy woman. It was no. It wasn't like big black hairy legs. <laughs> but she got fired over it for sure. I oh, yeah. I, I will testify. Yeah, welcome to uh, broadcasting one hundred and one. Yeah, that's exactly what it is at that low level. Because let's face it, you know, MTV VJ is uh, is below disc jockey on the showbiz ladder rung pretty bad. Well, that's why you were so popular. You were a good-looking guy with a big bunch of hair. Yeah, but I didn't have hair. Well, I didn't show my hairy legs. Well, they tried to, they, they fi actually fired me several times over my hair. Cut your hair. No, cut your hair. Your hair no. was too long? Your hair was was a big, uh, was, it was your yeah. trademark. Yeah. Why would you cut your hair? This reminds me over at the Tech TV when Leo Laporte had a show. Uh, uh, he always wore these crazy, really wild, and he started collecting them. Wild Hawaiian shirts, which in broadcasting, you always actually want, you know, if you're going to play kind of a goofball. Yeah, you, you want to be goofy. Yeah, You want to be goofy. That comedian should wear wild costumes. I mean, you want to wear like a costume. Bill the Science Guy wears a, has a bow tie. Yeah, it's got to be something distinctive. And one of the suits, one of the idiot suits is, oh, I think this is not, it's not serious enough for the business viewers. They had no viewers. He had no viewers, period. Let alone yeah, no viewers, but it wasn't serious. Enough. So they made him wear like a, 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 just a plain shirt. He'd look, it was stupid. Uh, by the way, I just want to say one thing. Boo to Gawker for, uh, for that thing they had about Leo and uh, what's her name? The the bookkeeper. Yeah, the bookkeeper. Yeah. Uh, because I think, you know, that's almost like reminding someone that their parents have sex. It's like, Ugh, I don't want to know about that. I don't want to think about that. I don't want to, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it, uh, it was poorly researched. No, but besides, forget the research part. I don't want to know about who Leo's having sex with. I don't, don't put that image in my mind. So uh, I want to mention I was up in Port Angeles. Uh -huh. and, that, and I want to just say, anyone who's in the Olympic Peninsula ever, you've got to make a trip out of your way to go to Nash's Produce. 
and buy these these carrots that he's bred. These carrots are the most astonishing product I've ever had in so far as a carrot is concerned. Mm. I mean, listen to the crunch on these things. This is like a carrot that's not even refrigerated. Ah, <laughs> oh, come on. That's plywood you're cracking there. That's not really it a carrot. It sounds like a piece of wood. Listen. Yeah, that sounds good. That's an outstanding. Oh, that is an outstanding and product. Extremely sweet. That is an outstanding product, right there, John C. Dvorak. Anyway, he's right. known for these carrots. Yeah, oh, that's, that's my that's my food tip of the day for the people who need the food news. Speaking of food. Just over a year ago, earthquake-devastated Haiti was hit by a deadly outbreak of cholera. Since then, the government says more than 6,000 people have died and some 450,000 others have been sickened by the disease, a story we think has been undercovered. Thank you. Really? What? Yeah. <laughs> we th- you think? Isn't that funny? It's like, we think it's been undercovered. No, there's a reason why you're doing this. Let us know. Come on. Let me do some research. Why are you covering this now all of a sudden? Now a human rights group is suing the UN on behalf of... Notice, a human rights group. Uh Uh-huh. ...half of more than 5,000 Haitian cholera victims and their families seeking hundreds of millions of dollars in damages. Evidence suggests the cholera was inadvertently brought to Haiti by Nepalese troops with the UN peacekeeping force. A study by the U.N. found that a local contractor failed to properly dispose of the waste at a U.N. base. Attorneys for the victims accused the U.N. of reckless failure in containing the outbreak. We received the following statement from the U.N. The United Nations has received the claim by the Institute for Justice and Democracy and is currently considering the matter. As this concerns a legal claim, we cannot comment on it. The Institute for Justice and Democracy in Haiti is based in Boston. Brian Concanon is the group's director, and thank you so much, Brian, for joining us today. Today. Uh, first one. So we could listen to all this, but uh, for the next uh, two minutes, the guy will not talk about the actual devastation of people dying by pooping their guts out. All he'll talk about is the lawsuit, because if you go to IJDH.org, this is a big bunch of lawyers, and all they're doing is smelling money. That's all that this is about. And this international uh, Institute for Justice and Democracy it's only about this Haiti thing. Their, their whole raison d'etre is to steal money away from the Haitians. And they're financed by 1X1, which is a Canadian group, uh, which uh, Matt Damon is uh, one of their spokespeople. And if you look at the board. It's all lawyers. It's all capital management guys. It's all douchebags out to steal money. So they're going to... Yeah, and by the way, whose money do they end up with in the, in the end? The who people is who... Fin- do- who is the major financier of the UN? It's the American taxpayers? Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> it's a scam. And because it's so undercovered, what, are, did these guys promise some advertising money or something to you, CNN? Well, they just that we could probably... Uh, no, check. I... I, we can track the PR agency that's running this thing, and you'll see the connections. It all fall into place. Well, I mean, it just it it was so annoying because this guy who has shifty eyes, really shifty eyes, and, he, and all is about well, you know, we can prove this, and they've admitted it, and we can get the money, and but but it never is it like, hey, there are people dying here, dying, pooping their guts out, 
Uh, he does have the reason how it started, by the way. If anything, have you heard from the U.N. beyond the statement that we just read? We've heard just that statement that they're studying it. In the meantime, an estimated 40,000 more Haitians have been sick and probably about 300 people have died. And so this is an That's urgent it. matter and it does require That's the entire extent response. of how many people so have died. So it is disconcerting that the UN is taking so much time to even come Gersh. up with an initial response. Gersh. How do you intend to prove that the UN is responsible? Most of the proof is in the U.N.'s own report. The U.N. issued a report by a panel of experts in May which uh, cited uh, overwhelming evidence that it was that the cholera was introduced from Nepal and it cited the failure to test peacekeepers coming from Nepal where everybody knew there was a cholera epidemic and also the, the improper, as you mentioned, the improper waste disposal which allowed contamination of, of Haiti's largest river system in two different places. So what they did, just threw the, the cholera infested poop water into the river? That's what it sounds like. So this, the, the, what this is to me, John, is just like... This, by the way, this is your one world government at work. Oh, yeah. And, but this is a slam dunk. There's a bunch of lawyers who are like, this is a slam dunk. It's in their own report. And we'll get a bunch of these Haitian people, and we'll, uh, we'll sign them up, and, uh, and then we'll take the money. At least they're going to take fees. Uh, they end up with mo- almost all the money. Have you ever been part of one of those class action suits like Apple gets sued no, by no. for you know having the you know it's char- overcharging for its mouse? <laughs> and so you sign up and you get a buck fifty in the mail. <laughs> really? Well, Have you ever signed up for these things? That you always get like a check for five dollars. Oh, you mean a buck fifty, like literally one dollar and fifty cents? Yeah. <laughs> no, I've never. No, no, I've never. No, they come all the time. Sign up for one of them when you see it. It's all oh, class action suit giant. Did you buy Levi's in the last three years? Yes. Uh, how many pair? Three. And so, oh, Levi's overcharging for their, you know, or they had defective jeans or there's something. So they're getting sued by one of these law firms. And then about a year later, you get a check in the mail for $4. Yeah, it's a scam. And everybody gets a check for $4. Yeah, over five, oh, this is good. Over five, from their website, over 5,000 Haitian cholera victims sue UN seeking justice. Attorneys deliver claims requesting compensation and constructive action for the UN's introduction of cholera to Haiti. Uh-huh. Sure. Sure. Where's all, where's all the names? None of it. This makes me sick to my stomach. And all that money that's stolen, all that, all that money. Yeah, no way. You might as well just milk it for all it's worth. We're just idiots, John. I mean, thank God we have this new domain name. Uh, what is it again? <laughs> our new, <laughs> uh, very memorable to do it, don't name. Uh, it's uh, observatoryforhumanrights.com. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Luckily, we have that because you know this is this, you it's like. I can just see it right now. Right now, we go over to a spokesperson for the Observatory for Human Rights, uh, John C. Dvorak. Uh, John, uh, what do you think about human rights? I think that human rights are being violated left and right, and Americans must stop it in other countries. Pay no attention to our own country and a violation of human rights and the fact that the ACLU or whoever it was just put out a list. Apparently, this is going to go on every every uh, year now a list of all the rights that we lost <laughs> you have that list no no I oh i've seen yeah i've seen the list i, I didn't uh... it's, a, it's a it's something of a my my wife uh, mimi came up with it but it's like the or actually no jc did um 
the funny thing about it is I have been working on this uh, project, which has been well documented on the Internet, of all the loss of human rights in the United States since the founding of the country. And it's a, it's a book. It's like a it's not a book I'm, I have, but it's a, like there's the, the pile of documentation is like this, twice the size of the Manhattan phone directory. And 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 90 percent of the loss began with Harry Truman and just started. It just it just it, it just geometrically goes up like crazy every year we keep losing we have all the rights that we had in 1930 we probably only have 10 percent of them left hmm. and so you know it's a uh, uh well let me see i have the the thing here it's aclu came out with this thing called yeah, it was a couple of weeks ago i think they came out with this yeah it's uh the loss and you know i hate these flash things it's going to be worse with HTML5, by the way. Do you think it's going to be worse with HTML5? Yeah, you watch. Uh, yeah. Well, Flash uh, has all that cookie stuff. So it's sucking up all your that, data. The cookie thing is a problem. Yeah, right? That'd be problem. less of a problem. They'll just make more normal cookies. Asian cookies. Dirt cookies. But hey, the National Defense Authorization Act, which was one of the biggest complaints of the last year, it's interesting what's happening in Montana. Uh, because of, what's that? Did you follow this? In Montana, yeah. apparently it's in the Montana Constitution that if you're a, an elected representative to the House or the Senate and you vote against anything that is remotely unconstitutional or, or even pushes the limit, you, get you are subject to instant recall. Oh, I thought stoned. And so now, well, <laughs> and so now they're trying to recall all the congressmen and, and the senators in Montana who voted for, for the, the NDAA? NDAA. Good. Oh, that's good. I like that. And so now a lot of people are saying, well, gee, maybe we did other states. Do other states have these provisos? I think probably all all these representatives should be recalled for voting for this thing. Well, Louisiana is going exactly the opposite way. Oh, the, the Bobby Jindal state? N- yeah, uh, they want uh, troops on the streets. When troops on yeah, the, the, the National Guard, which sounds all, all nice and stuff, but the National Guard, these are the same guys that could send over to Iraq and Afghanistan, right? These are fighting people. Yeah. Did you hear this? This is crazy. He's one of the officials who wants to bring the National Guard uh, just as they did after Hurricane Katrina. Mr. Badon, thank you for coming on. I- I've read that you said your city's at war. You need the National Guard. Why can't local police do the job? Well, you know, we've done a lot after the storms of 2005, but this is un- it's just totally intolerable and it's unacceptable behavior in our city. The local police need help. We've been able to do a lot of different things that are building our city. We're rebuilding our infrastructure. We're building our schools back. We're building our economic base. But we have a select few people who are going out there and committing heinous crimes in broad daylight, killing people, killing babies. It's intolerable. (laughs) We must do something about it. So what I have done is I have called upon the governor to bring in the National Guard. After the storms of 2005, people were a lot more comfortable by seeing the National Guard on the street. these memes, man. It's war, but it's only a select few people, which apparently the police, uh, the NOPD can't handle. But people are real comfortable when they feel when they see troops. They feel real comfortable. Streets of New Orleans, and it made the morale higher. We are, think of the babies are doing a lot of good things. The people here in New Orleans are very resilient. And they're rebuilding, and they have a a real great passion for our city. But we cannot allow certain individuals to carry guns and oh, to go out. No guns. No, take away the guns. Thing, yeah. and to shoot 
people on a Shoot daily people. basis in this city. So I brought daily, daily basis, select few, daily basis, babies, shoot people, war, no guns. National Guard to come in and create order to assist the NOPD with support and also with patrols and help them to patrols. take this city back because this is crazy. This is this is absolutely crazy. I was in New Orleans. I didn't see babies getting shot on a daily basis. I was there recently too, and we visited the Ninth Ward. And yeah, everything. I Mickey didn't see went any to the guy. Ninth Ward. No. gunshots. No, I didn't hear. In fact, we were very well positioned to hear gunshots. Didn't hear anything. Like it's a war. It's a war going on. There's a war. Bring in the troops. Now, that would be considered illegal, wouldn't it, under the posse comitatus? Well, the National Guard is for uh, uh, national emergencies. Yeah, so you can call a national emergency to bring them in. But I think what they're trying to do, and I think the NDAA is part of this, they just want the military to start walking the streets. Yeah. I mean, I expect, I, just have people out there listening to the show, you should just try to imagine what it would be like in the United States anywhere. You see enough policemen on a daily basis compared to anywhere else you've ever been. But just imagine instead of a cop coming up and down the street once every, you know, every, say, every three or four hours, imagine troops roaming around young punk troops that, you know, a lot of them are just, you know, trained to shoot whatever they see and jumpy. I flew, by the way, down from Seattle with some guy who was a Vietnam or a or Iraq guy or something. And the guy was jumpy. And so he tried to sleep and he's sleeping. He's kicking around. He's giving you the elbow. This is the troops marching. I'm here in yeah, New man, Orleans, John. This is, this is a, a Nazi Germany. John, I'm here in New Orleans, and uh, well, we've got uh, the boots on the ground. But at least How many do you see there, Adam? I see hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, John. And uh, and you know what? No babies being killed now. People are feeling really comfortable. Thank God for the military. I right, feel Adam? comfortable now. <laughs> uh, no, I, I'm not against the military. I am against the military on, on our streets. In uh, your neighborhood. By the way, I, I, I have to correct something. That flag that I got that uh, flew uh, over uh, in Afghanistan. Yeah. Uh, I, I said it incorrectly. It is the second 506th Infantry Regime of the 101st Airborne Division. Actually, very famous. So they're, they're like the Band of Brothers dudes. Oh, the 101 Airborne is very famous. Yeah, so I got their flag this. Like them and the 1st Cavalry are like the... Yeah, that, that's, that's a very close. It's right up there with my CIA piggy bank as uh, a gift. Yeah, that's good. Just keep reminding me. <laughs> right, and I got a certificate that it flew over the camp. So I'm going to fly it. I'm going to fly it here. Hey, you know, another bill passed uh, Congress, the one we weren't looking. HR 2055. Because, you know, now uh, I've got this RSS feed from House.gov, which uh, just poops out all this stuff when there's a new bill that gets uh, passed. So uh, this is the, um, uh, what is this thing? It is the uh, Military Construction Veteran Affairs Related Agencies Appropriations Act. Uh, Appropriations Act, I think, means doling out the dough, right? Uh, That would be it, yes. So, um, money. Compensation of the president. How much does the president make in America? I thought it was two fifty or something like that. <laughs> How much is he making now? For compensation of the president, including an expense allowance. Well, the expense allowance is ridiculous. Hold on. The expense allowance is a rate of fifty thousand dollars per annum. Ha! 
His total Cost more than that to fly Air Force One. Doesn't that count in the in the budget? No. no. But his uh, his total package is four hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Okay. But here's what's interesting. Uh, for necessary expenses, necessary whoop, for the White House as authorized by law, including not to exceed three million eight hundred fifty thousand for services as authorized, which includes hire of passenger motor vehicles, newspapers, <laughs> periodicals, and travel, not to exceed one hundred thousand dollars to be expended and accounted for. So I, th- I think he's doing something weird with the va- uh, Hawaiian vacation thing. Not to oh he has a nineteen thousand dollar official entertainment expense budget for the White House, but here's the one that kind of got me. What do you think it costs to uh, to heat and refurnish? Well, the refurnishing, of course, is where the money's going. Anyway, for care, maintenance, repair, alteration, refurnishing, improvement, heating, and lighting, including electric power and fixtures of the executive residence at the White House. How much money do you think that should be on an annual basis for the executive residence? Right, this is not the whole White House. It's basically for his for his nightstand, for the heat. Uh, probably, I would say, a couple uh, maybe five hundred dollars a month. Now, <laughs> be realistic. Well, that's, that, that's what it should be, right? But I mean, care and maintenance, repair. Oh, the mayor. Oh, yeah, he's gonna have a butler or two. Okay, let's make it. Uh, no, the, the, uh, this is no, no, no. This three thousand dollars a month max. This is not for salaries. That's in a different budget. That's in the whole White oh, House that's budget. Different. Oh, this so is, this is just maintenance, like paint, paint, light bulbs. But of course, it does say alteration, refurnishing, and improvement. Okay. So maybe this is Michelle's uh, uh, redecorating budget. Okay, I would say five thousand a month max. It couldn't possibly be higher than that. <laughs> per year, thirteen million four hundred twenty-five thousand. Over a million dollars a month. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> thirteen yeah, and a got, half. He's got his. He's got his hand on the pulse of the public. Thirteen and a half million dollars for for light bulbs, paint, and new furniture. You know, IKEA should give him a deal. <laughs> that just pisses me off. You probably I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda, I'm a slave in the morning. Sorry, I cut you off. What did you say? Did you probably I said ha- I forgot. Oh, right. So here we go with some some people that gave us some money. Uh, Mark Fusco, uh, which is, Fusco is a character in the uh, Persons of Interest show, which I highly recommend. Uh, TV show. Uh, it's about a guy who invented a, uh, a or who is behind the fact that we have all these cameras all over the country and there's actually following everything we do. It's very very good for the paranoids out there. San Antonio, Texas, one thirty three seventies, the neighbor of yours, right down the road. That's actually. right, you San Antonio. You can drive to San Antonio. In San Antonio, hour and a half. I'm in San Antonio. San Antonio. San Antonio. Very nice town, by the way. It's There's beautiful. The river walk. The river walk. The restaurants is and the and the bats. <laughs> we have well, bats here in Austin, dude. There's a lot of bats in Texas. The bats are, and there's also these little flying things. Austin is famous for the bats. We have a, a bridge, and every day at sunset, a, a wall of bats comes out. Yes. Have you seen it yet? Oh man, it's cold. The bats are all sleeping. They're not flying out. Uh, okay, in Mark, it was one thirty-three seventy. Uh, so John's reply to the Christmas email scored another leet donation. 
1337. Get it? Yes. Leet. Leet. Eventually, I'll get my knighthood and be the no agenda sommelier. I won't ask for <laughs> karma for me. Just karma on earth since it's only lasts for a week. I wish the No Agenda family well and look forward to 2012. Let's go out with a bang. Uh, Mark Fusco, 1337wine.com. Uh, give him a karma shot for the pu- viewing public. You've got karma. Thank you, San Antonio. Lawrence Yin in New South Wales, Australia, 13333. Another uh, crazy number. In the morning, John and Ann, please give a belated 30, 30th shout out to my friend Ying Zhu. Her birthday was on uh, 24th. I dedicate the donation to her night dame fund. Hope you guys have a great sh- new year and keep in cranking out the best podcast in the universe in 2012. We will. This is uh, MF Barrow, Barrow in Wooten, Wiltshire. Wooten. Oh, Wiltshire. That's where all the crop circles are. Yeah, your, your favorite place, UK. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a Christmas present from my husband, Brian Barrow, from Wooten Bassett, UK. He loves the show and supports your work. What about you, Mrs. Barrow? Oh, she this just my way of supporting she... him by making a donation in his name. Keep showing him the truth, guys, which he probably already knows. Yeah, well, that's not, that's a very, that is the gift that keeps on giving. That's very beautiful. I, we, Thank we you. Did, we actually did something we should have encouraged more yeah, of. we're idiots. She picked it up and at least took it This is it why the Curry Devorah Consulting Group is, is, is like, broke. <laughs> doing some consulting. <laughs> we can't even afford our fees for the LLC. <laughs> One, two, three, dot two, one, uh, from Anonymous Source. I only recently found your podcast. It's great. Thank you for the, for some, thank you for some of the shows. Yeah, he's, it's a drunk donation, John. All right. <laughs> I'm paying up what I can to support the show. <laughs> I plan on continuing to support the show next year, but the donation amount will be contingent on whether or not the small company I work for survives. Oh, boy. Anyway, so he goes on, and uh, he read an article that stuck with me. It's called How to Destroy a Bank, and it seemed plausible. WallStreetOasis.com. Check it out. Um, anyway, that's I want to thank him. He's in Albuquerque. Uh, Matt Astbury in Wauwatosa, Wisconsin, one sixteen twelve. I'm donating my fortieth birthday date, one sixteen twelve, which I also hope to be the first day at my new job. Need some karma for that, as well as for a gestating slave unit in my wife's womb. <laughs> God, you've got karma. It's a gestating, gestating slave unit gets the karma. <laughs> I got a couple $111.11 donations from David Murkowski in Jackson, Mississippi, and Patrick Oberham in Nusaville, Queensland, Australia. Also, Pat, oh, I'm sorry, Patrick, oh, yeah. And then Per Gustafson. Ola Gustafsson. Yeah, per Ola Gustafsson. Per has been a longtime listener. Yeah, he's our, our guy in Sweden. Uh, $111.11 in the morning. Happy Christmas. Uh, good morning from the guy who prints the wrap paper for the Norwegian tin, tined butter. Slaving night and day to meet the high demand. This is, of course, the butter thing we've talked about. Is, is tined butter, is that fake? Is that, what is tined butter? I don't know. Look it up on the Book of Knowledge while I continue. Consult the Book of Knowledge. Frank Rowe in Parrish, Florida, $100.33 donation to bring Paul the Book Guy Alves, Alves to his knighthood today. Yes. Uh, Do we have him on the list? I'm pretty sure we do. No, we didn't. No, we knight, we knighted him uh, 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 before before the Christmas show. Oh, okay. Yeah, Julian Kleiner, Bloomington, Indiana, hundred dollars. You guys are great. I'm a student 
and I've been listening for three years now how my grandma would love to know I spent my Christmas money on this. I just want to know, uh, I want to know one sentence I could say to all my liberal 99% friends who complain all the time. Well, just have, try to get them to listen and we'll uh, maybe convert them if possible. Oh, so Phone pa- bill busters, LLC, Nashville, Tennessee, $100. Merry Christmas. What a great day. One daughter gave me a government protecting and serving the shit out of you t-shirt from No Agenda Nation. <laughs> and the other daughter donated $50 to the show toward my 2012 knighthood, which we read. Uh, yeah, we got that. This $100 donation is a pittance compared to the value you guys add to my life. Thanks for all you do. Keep exposing the D-bags. Ron so, Paul so hold on a second. So it's not Tyne. It's Tina. Tina Butter. Oh. It's a brand. Oh. And apparently they're the ones that uh, are, control the whole market. Yeah, it's, it's a monopoly. Butter's a monopoly in Norway for some reason. Huh. Otherwise, I'd, you'd be using French butter. I mean, if you can get any butter you wanted. You can't just, like, import any butter you want? Kind of, apparently kind of not. It's crazy. like they, there was a, some guys bringing some butter from Sweden, and they arrested them. <laughs> hey, what you got there, slave? Butter. Butter. <laughs> you can't be bringing that in here, son. I mean, who's to be the to be the son? Gareth Jones in Swindon, Wiltshire, UK, $100. Great show, guys. You need some karma for the new year. Yeah, here it comes. You've got karma. For those crop circles. And again, Sir Paul Elvis crops up from Toronto, $100, with uh, Gitmo Slaves, uh, donation to Gitmo Slaves Night. I hope you guys are keeping track of this money. He's a true gentleman. He does a super job with the stream. Give him a karma shot. You've got karma. Nick Eismendi in Waterford, Michigan, $59.99, donating this because that's how much I would have paid for Skyrim or Saints Row the third. And I find your media deconstruction more deconstruction more valuable than anti dragon propaganda and the dildo <laughs> bat. Anyway, what? I don't know. Anyway, I'd like some Carmen a D douching and a birthday call out. We don't have it listed, but put it on the list. Okay, let me uh, do a, a D douching to Karma first. <laughs> You've been D douched. You've got Karma. Nick. So can you you put him on the list for the yeah. birthday? Nick Eyes Mendy. Mendy. When's his birthday, did you say? Uh, it's like the 31st. So it'd be, you know, Saturday. Okay. So he, but I have to finish his note because he says he liked to call out Christian Orth and Drake Rose as douchebags. Douchebag. He says there were a-holes in their first robotics <laughs> team. Chris in particular put viruses on our website and maxed out the $50,000 web virtualization server. Server, Okay. Personal Sounds great. Gr- personal grievances are not part of the show. <laughs> and now we got Scott Thompson in North Tonawanda in New York, 5555. This is for a de-douching. Justin called me out a few weeks ago from the Shockers Radio Club. Two in the air and one over there, baby. <laughs> also looking for karma, so he needs a de-douching and karma. You've been de-douched. You've got karma. He also wants to throw a shout out to his co-workers who listen, Sheldon and Nanook of the North. Alrighty, it's getting more vague. Moxie in Grove City, Pennsylvania, uh, 5525 in the morning. John and Adam, happy Christmas. Enjoying the day, being a distracted slave while opening presents and munching on cookies and Gitmo North, Gitmo Nation Amish 
uh, Pennsylvania. Cheers for doing a show on Christmas. Well, it was a clip show. The opportunity won't happen again until 2014. Ah, this is true. We're going to, on 2014, that Thursday is going to be Christmas. But I'm not going to do a similar clip show, I can assure you. It's going to probably. It, the world will, will be gone. We'll be dead. Who cares? Oh, that's right. It ends next year. So, yeah. 300. Even, I won't even start on one then. Eduardo Sanchez, Hartford, Connecticut, 5510. Thank you for the entertainment education. Uh, just raised my monthly donation from five dollars to eleven eleven. Like I would encourage Great. everybody Thank to you. look at their at their monthlies and make sure they're still happening. And also, if you can go to eleven eleven, we'd appreciate that. Kevin Hartle, Louisville, North Carolina. Double nickels on the dime. Sending you an email. Uh, okay, we'll have to read that in the next show. Sean Rubel in Fraser, Michigan, fifty five bucks. Thanks for the hard work each week. I'll like to get some karma for my chiropractic national board scores. And also call out my girlfriend. Okay, do the karma for him, and then we get a douchebag. You've got karma. I'd also like to call out my girlfriend, Crystal, as a douchebag for not donating. Hold on. Douchebag. That's that's not the way to get laid, my friend. Yes, and she's probably one of the only female African-American listeners. Probably now we have none. (laughs) thanks thanks buddy (laughs) thanks sean yeah great jayton eaton las vegas nevada you know what you'd be surprised i I wonder do we still have the na uh, survey up i wonder how many uh we need to redo that survey i I think we have have more than than you realize i I would hope so yeah i would hope so but if we yeah obama hasn't thrown him in jail 5150 oh well great uh, Merry Christmas, John. I've been listening since 2008, just before Barry Sotero was elected into office. I finally decided to be a donor, not a boner. Please dedouche me and give me a shot of karma. Give him a double-double with his mom. Oops. Here we go. You've been dedouched. There you go, Mom. You've got karma. Robert Montoya, Pleasant Hill, $50. Marcel uh, Krenzelok, Kren- I guess. Krenzelok, yeah. Yeah, in Eagle River, Alaska. Is that right? I think yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, after I think it, how many Alaskans? Very few. After watching a rerun of John Stewart in the Daily Show talk about how useless the post office is again, I decided it was high time for me to become a donor, not a boner, since you guys seem to be the only ones who get how important the postal service is. Indeed, although I do not, there's a scam. They're trying to shut it down. We've talked about it. Although I do not really send a lot of letters anymore, I do receive dozens of packages a year from purchases made online, especially Amazon. Living in Alaska, shipping is brutally expensive. Small packages, even ones with that weigh less than a pound, can cost 20 to $30 via UPS, with really? the post office being less than $10. In the case with Amazon, as long as you spend $25 or more, it's free. But only with the post office. Well, Places like Alaska and Hawaii, which 99 times out of 100 are void from free shipping promotions that the rest of the country so enjoys. You know, this is an opportunity. You know, we get us a little seaplane. <laughs> I can I can pilot it. You know, and you just uh, put the boxes you know, on and take. Yeah, we them just off. throw them over the side. <laughs> it's like, hey, hey, here it is. Here's your package, man. No agenda style. Charles Jennings, Mesa, Arizona, $50. Uh, thanks for the great show. Really changed the way I look at the news every day. Many of the show's jingles and catchphrases have enriched my household's vocabulary. I bet. Douchebag, little kid. I have been a mothership boarding pass program donator for about a year and consider it money well spent. Today, I am requesting karma for my wife, my wife Charity. She has an upcoming interview for a potentially big promotion. 
She's also a MILF. <laughs> Send pictures. MILF. That's one mother I'd like to. You've got karma. Can't wait to hear your kids say that. Yeah. My mama's a MILF. I heard Adam and John say so. John Tirada in Pasadena, $50. Um, Merry Christmas, mofos, is his uh, comment. <laughs> Corey Seldon, Nashville, Tennessee, $50. Catherine Gadiga. Gadiga, I think so. And Biesendorf, Deutschland, $50. Dear Christian Gadiga, I wish you a happy new year. This is a, a call out to her uh, uh, husband, I guess. And here, dedicated to you, your special karma. Shout out your family. Give her karma there. You've got karma. That was a great gift. Yes. Anonymous in Williamsburg, Virginia, $50. Uh, please stock up on food and prepare yourselves for the social unrest in 2012. Gold, silver, grubs, and guns to protect it all. Stock up on life-saving medications. Okay. Like uh, Jack Daniels. That would do it. Mike Bernstein in... Uh, Bernston in Bettendorf, Iowa, $50. Paul Vela in Towchester, Northampton, uh, UK, $50. And Kiwi Chris in Wellington, New Zealand, $50. John and Adam is a little mic getting by money. I truly hate the over-commercialization of Christmas. Who doesn't? Jesus would roll over in his shroud if he knew. So I thought I'd buy you guys a present. Merry Christmas and thanks, you guys. And the other No Agenda Grinches have made my life that much better this year. Please put some of that towards a possible New Year's DSC, or which we talked about. Did we? This is a rerun. So um, we have all of our, that's all of our donations and producers for this show. We want to thank them all. We want to remind everybody that the first show of the new year will be Sunday. Uh, the next show. Sunday, next so show. So if you want that's to right. get in on that, please uh, go to Dvorak.org slash NA channel, Dvorak.com slash NA, No Agenda Nation.com or No Agenda Show.com and uh, show your support and Donating means love. Dvorak.org slash N-A. Donating is loving. And uh, boarding passes are all sold out, by the way. There's no more spots on the mothership. I think we're done. No. Yeah, I think there's nothing left. No. (laughs) I'll be waving at you, Johnny boy. We sold your seat, too. You didn't care, so. I didn't didn't care. I'm staying behind. All right. Uh, Matthew Asbury, uh says, uh, I went to Dvorak.org slash N-A, actually sang the jingle this morning to make a value-for-value contribution. I asked for karma for a job I've been interviewing for and for my new slave unit due in May. An hour later, I get the call offering me the job. Better pay and time off than I dared hope for. I still have to counter so that they don't think I'm a pussy. But the initial offer was beyond perfect. As much as I love the karma bell, it appears that the very act of transferring value for value has intrinsic karmic value. Now, we don't actually, you know, you don't, can't go to noagendanation.com and, uh, and find a karma uh, for sale. This is something that just works. And I, I, I need to hear more from more people who say it doesn't work because we only have positive feedback on this. We had one. Yeah, in like years. Well... So it was one, but that was was because it went to the wrong guy. Remember? (laughs) Remember? Yeah. 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 And no more football games. No. Anyway, we highly appreciate uh, all of the love that you've shown the show. This is, it was a little bit longer segment because we have two programs to thank everybody for. Uh, But again, on uh, the Sunday, the next show, the first show of the new year, uh, then we will have only 354 days left until the end of the universe. 
Congratulate uh, Joya, who will turn 12 tomorrow. Massimo says happy birthday. It's his daughter. Lawrence Yin congratulates his friend Ying Zhu, uh, who uh, celebrated on the 24th. Nick Esmendi celebrates his birthday on Saturday, as does N3PRO, Night of the No Agenda Roundtable. Happy birthday from all your buddies here at the No Agenda Show. With a special accompaniment there from John C. Dvorak on the slide whistle. Can you uh, can you put down the whistle for a second and grab yeah, your blade? Yeah, yeah. yeah very. Uh. It only went halfway. Pull it all the way out. Uh. <laughs> all right, one knighthood to celebrate the end of the year. Ray Jacobson, please step forward, sir. In fact, we will be calling you, sir, from now on, as you have donated to the No Agenda Show well in excess of the required $1,000. And you are a special knight. Because you are going to be knighted in the order of the dish. Hereby I pronounce thee, Sir Ray Jacobson, knight in the order of the dish of the Noah Jenner Roundtable. Come on over, hookers and blow, Remboy Chardonnay and hot pants and booze right here for you, my friend. Way to go. Good job. Thank you all very much. And uh, we look forward to uh, another year of uh, the show. We're kind of on a... And it goes up and well, it's, it goes up and down. We're not really growing. And you well, know, we, we, get, we got we do have new listeners. And we always have new donors, and so I think everything's looking well, good. The we donors, try to have a pretty the good donors, I see a lot of uh, people, recognizable names coming back, which is great because they keep us going. Yeah, but we well, need, we have we need the, more new patrons. We, we need like to call them we, the yeah, top patrons. donors. Yeah, we need more new new people. Well, John, very exciting news over the Christmas break in uh, Gitmo Nation Lowlands, uh, Gitmo Nation Deutschland, Gitmo, Gitmo Nation, uh, well, a couple of Gitmo Nations. And on Christmas Eve, a curious streaking star. It was caught on tape over Germany, Belgium, and France. Some thought it was a comet or even Santa in a sleigh. Officials say the object... It's probably a meteorite or a piece of space junk. I like yeah. the Santa and the sleigh thing, so we'll go with that. Let's check your weather. Here's what's happening yeah, outside. Brother, let's check your weather. No, it was, it was clearly a UFO, obviously. <laughs> and it's, it just pisses me off how they just you know, poo-poo that. And, you know, like officials. What officials? You can't find any official who spoke on the record whatsoever. They're just making it up. And if it was some space junk, how come not a big deal? How come they're not screaming and yelling like the previous space junk? How come? Could have been Chinese space junk or Russian space junk. You know, it's funny you say that because um, now how many times have we had like some satellite that uh, uh, that was going to come down? Like, uh, but in, usually they only talk about the big whoppers that are going to come down. Well, so Russia lost control of its Phobos grunt, which I think is a hilarious name. Uh, which was sent on its uh, interplanetary mission uh, November 9th, but it, uh, the, it, it got away from them because of propulsion failure. So this thing is coming back down to Earth. But here's the interesting thing. The U.S. Strategic Command, STRATCOM, has said the spacecraft will enter the atmosphere at 2.22 a.m. Moscow time, and fall somewhere between 30.7 degrees north and 62.3 degrees east in the southwestern Afghanistan region near the city of Mirabad, which I think is very near Iran. 
how come all of a sudden they can pinpoint exactly what time this thing is coming down where they can't do that for these other huge pieces of junk? Oh, it'll come down somewhere over there. Oh, yeah, the ocean, whatever. No, I, this is a good point that no one's really addressed with NASA at one of these press conferences. How come you can pinpoint the landing of this one? And, and, and the other thing is you can pinpoint the landing of a, of, a, of a moon mission and land it somewhere. How come you can't pinpoint where it's going to come down? I mean, the, the calculations are there. You know when it's going to hit the atmosphere. You know what the, what the, the ratios are for the... the Resistance, the atmospheric pressures, the whole thing, the, the speed it's coming in at. Why can't you say it's going to land right here? In a, it's going to crash right here, just like a, a, you were bringing a rocket back. I mean, it makes no sense to me that it's so vague. Should I tell you why? It's coming down next week sometime uh, in no. the middle of the ocean, we hope. Should I tell you why they know this one's so exact? Yeah, because it's got some scheme to bomb Iran or it's going to land on their new, new exactly. facility. Exactly. EMP over Iran. Yeah, Mirabad. You gonna put see. that in? You want me to put that in the book? Yeah, really. Let me see map of Mirabad. Let me see Mirabad. Is that near Iran? It's got to be near Iran. Well, Here. if it's a bot, it's in it's in Pakistan, probably. And I think it's. Uh, let's see. Let's see. I'm looking at the, the Google Maps. Af- it's Afghanistan. The border. Now it's north of Pakistan. So. Hmm. You watch EMP. I I call. I'm calling an EMP strike. You know, we've had. You know, it's also coincidental. We've had all these solar flares again. Uh, they're expecting big solar flares in the next three days, which could actually knock out. Uh, you know, they always say this, and I've seen it happen. Uh, I've witnessed it in my own life, but it could knock out uh, uh, satellite transmission. And they're expecting a, a really big one. In fact, where was that? I I think I. Put that in here somewhere. There was a really big solar flare expected, and they even have a name for it. Hmm. No, I don't think the I have The big one. It's called the big one. <laughs> exactly. It's just the big one. Well, I have a, a screwball story while you're looking at Did you? Okay. Did so you, anyway, uh, did you put it in the book? Yeah. Did you put it in the book? It's uh, in the book. It's highlighted. It's. I put a smiley face next to it. Um, okay. Here's a story that came out uh, that Mimi came, came across. It hasn't been covered at all. There was nearly a crash between a, a, a nuclear submarine and a big tanker in uh, the Pacific Northwest in the Juan de Fuca Strait, which would have contaminated the city of Seattle and much of the northern Washington if it mm. had happened. Mm. The guys just missed. The Navy Times says that around 8 p.m., a USS Kentucky ballistic missile submarine had its periscope above water but was otherwise hidden below the surface when it turned a new course that was blocked by a cargo ship. Are they going to the underwater base? Well, or something. There's no reason for these things to be in American uh, waters submerged. But here's what they're looking at swimmers in bikinis. Look at that chick over there. Well, apparently the guy wasn't even looking through the periscope and nearly rammed the ship. The ship avoided the sub. But here's the interesting thing. I would would see if you can pick up on the the use of language in this report that made this story interesting to me. You have to tell me which clip it is because I can't. There's no clip. I'm reading. Oh, okay, good. The Navy Times, which filed a request for a report on the incident under the U.S. Freedom of Information Act, wrote that Commander Joseph Nosey, who was serving as commanding officer for the USS Kentucky, was fired on October 19th for inadequate leadership stemming from a number of incidents. Oh. 
So what's it? Does anything you notice anything weird about that sentence? <clears throat> a number of incidents. No, fired. When is a commanding officer not oh, relieved right. of court, duty? Or court-martialed or something court like that. Court-martialed, relieved of duty. Huh. huh. Fired. Interesting. Fired. Interesting. As if he's working, if it's like this is a job. He's a consultant. So we're trying to obviously take the military and we're militarizing the, the whole country to such an extent that now... You just get fired. You, you get fired oh, instead of being, you know... That's a good like, catch. That's a very good catch. I found it very interesting that this wordage was in good there. Good on Mimi. Hey, and the whole family of yours is getting pretty good. Yeah, they dig up a lot of stuff. They've, they've actually, some of them are more nutty than I am, for sure. Enough about Eric. No. Hey, now you listen to this report and tell me what's wrong with this. Well, garbage duty like this could become a familiar sight over the next year along the B.C. coast. City officials in Tofino say debris from the Japanese tsunami is starting to litter their beaches. A large mass has been floating across the Pacific Ocean. It's believed to be the size of California. The province will start working with national and municipal officials next month to prepare for the wave of trash that's expected to hit the coast. Now, I, I know that uh, you've all seen this, and what they what every single news channel shows is the same animation of this uh, debris field the size of California. Now, I ask you, if this thing really is the size of California, why can't we uh, get satellite images? Why can't we see it on Google Earth? Why don't they have real pictures of it? Why do they have to keep showing animations of it? The size of California. <laughs> because it's obviously not true. The size of California. How big is California compared to the size of Japan? Ah, it's like five now, times as big. Yeah, so in other words, Japan had more debris than its entire size itself. How does that work? So why are they doing this? How does a country the size of Japan produce a pile of debris the size of California? Explain. I don't know, but tell me, why, why are they only showing the animation? Because it's a lie, clearly. Yes, but why are they? What's what is? The I don't point? know. I Just don't know. Frightening the public, or this, or, the, or you were going to? I think there's an association thing going on here too, where you have wait. There must be know, a this movie. Debris there must be a this movie. Radioactive country, and it's going to kill us all. No, there must be a movie. Hold on, let's see. It, it could movie, be a movie, or it could be a junk uh, a from money Japan. I the movie junk from Japan. Let's see. Uh, Asian horror movies. No, no. Now somebody, Dark. one of our listeners, or producers. It's got to be. It's got to be a movie. It's got to yeah, be. Yeah, it's got to be some horror film about the tsunami and then the junk that comes. Right. Away. You know, it's got to be some. It's got to be a science they keep fiction show, story. They, that they do monsters, keep monsters, sea monsters. They got to be involved. They do keep showing the tsunami footage over and over again as a part of the story. So they, they show this animation, which, by the way. The Curry Dvorak Consulting Group can get you much better animation. Just give us a call, okay? CurryDvoreckConsulting.com. Uh, and then they show the tsunami footage, and you see all those cars floating around and uh, horrible imagery. And then they tell you how many people died. Maybe it is a tsunami. Is there a tsunami movie? There's got to be something, John. Come on, this is driving me nuts. Hold on. Tsunami movie. One of our producers actually figured out the mojo meme. Uh, that that is uh, a promotion for uh, the new Austin Powers movie, which is in the works. Yeah, that was a good catch. Yeah, very good catch. Tsunami, yeah. uh, tsunami Japan. And you know he's going to say Mojo a lot in yeah. the movie. Yeah, oh yeah. Tsunami. They've got, uh, it's kind of crazy. they got a, a local car dealer here in Austin. He has commercials on television. And it's an Austin Powers guy dressed as Austin Powers going like, Hey baby, we've got the best cars. I'll the Mojo for you. 
Like, how do they get away with that? I love these car, those guys, We don't have those kinds of car commercials anymore in Northern California. Oh, yeah, we still. Oh, you should see our news. Oh my goodness, our local news here in Austin. It, it is like it is really C class. It is so bad. It is. It's really. It's cute though. They have you know, it's cute puppy news and. You know, like oh, puppy yeah, news. we got an ice skating rink oh, up, up at the Oasis. We have a puppy today. Yeah, no, they do it. They have cute puppy stuff. No, it's nice. It's it's kind of it's, we, we like to have good news. It's <laughs> positive, upbeat. Um, remember? Uh, I don't know if you heard this. This is just great. I love Hugo Chavez. If either one of us ever passes, he can step in. <laughs> in fact, if if I die, just bring him on. Call him Crackpot Chavez. Well, the man who called former President George W. Bush the devil, now suggesting the United States can cause cancer. Venezuelan President Hugo Chavez said it would not be strange if America developed technology to give somebody the disease, specifically Latin leaders. He was quick to add he's not accusing the U.S., only reflecting. Those comments come on the heels of his recent battle with cancer and the recent news that Argentina's president also has cancer. She is reportedly expected to recover. Chavez also told other leaders to beware and gave a special shout out to Bolivia's president, who is a close ally. (laughs) It goes in the red book as far as I'm concerned. A shout out to the Bolivian president next to get cancer from the U.S. cancer machine. Put it in the book. All right. Put it in the book. Come on. Put it in the book. I'm putting it in the book now. So I do want to say hi to Kiwi Chris. You're abusing the book. I'm not abusing the book. And we we have books, so there's more books if you need it. There's more books at noagendanation.com. Oh, yeah. There is a blank book if you want to do your own predictions. It does does have NA branding on it, by the way. It does. It does, yes. Uh, Eric was moaning that you ruined the book. (laughs) You said bad Book sales of tanks. (laughs) We're now selling one a week. They've tanked. It's all over. <laughs> oh, no. Did he really say that? Did he really go, you ruined the books? Yeah. No, he no, he did yeah. not. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like that, did he call you especially? I was up north. Though I had to listen to him complaining, directly complaining. Hey, Dad. You know what's weird hey, about Dad. my red book right here? <laughs> I've just flipped the page after writing this other gratuitous uh, prediction. It's the last page of the book for the last show we do in 2012. Isn't that amazing? Time for a new book. So, no, we need to have, uh, we need to revisit everything. There's some carryover, though. We have to, you have to. Oh, yeah. No, I'm, the book is not going anywhere. It's going to go up on the shelf. So, don't, I have to don't bring you have to carry over, though? They can't, don't you have to write all the current predictions in the new book? No. Oh. Just they're in the old book. I'm not going to write them again. So, it's um, not, that's just not a bit. I make you stuck with paperwork. <laughs> Sorry. I do have one clip from a, a, that I wanted to mention since I did that clip show. I do. There was one clip I used. I, I kind of remixed it two or three times, but I used it over and over again. I want to remind people of this clip because I looked it up. You this was it. actually from February 2010, and I want to remind people: February. We're out, we're heading toward February 2012. Two years will be gone. Will be passed after hearing this clip, where these these a holes are scaring the public, saying that we're going to have an attack on the homeland. Now, this is a remix, you said. No, this is the original. What is the likelihood of another terrorist attempted attack on the U.S. homeland in the next three to six months? High or low? Director Blair? An attempted attack, the priority is certain, I would say. (laughs) Mr. Panetta? 
I would agree with that. Yep. Mr. Mueller? Agree. General Burgess? Yes, ma'am. Agree. Let's see. So that was almost a year ago. Uh, wow. No, no, that's over a year ago. Over a this year ago. This was February 2010. Wow, 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 wow. Well, we're, uh, we're going on two years now without a, I mean, I suppose you could call some things an attempt to detect some bonehead, you know, with a, with a uh, I don't know. There was really no real attack. I mean, there was a couple of lone wolves here and there that used the coin to term. But there's... The, there's been nothing. There's been nothing. So these are the experts running our country? So this is February 2010, you said? Yeah. Okay, hold on a second. 2010. February 2010. Hello? Yeah. Okay, well, I'm putting it into the uh, evergreen uh, bin so we can pull that out from time to time. Yeah, and might just as say, well. And just say, hey, how, how's that attack going? It's, so these are the experts, our, our, our great leaders... Mm. Our fearless leaders, and they are, this is the prediction that they had. It was absolutely certain. Wow. And then well, you did a bunch of, you know, agree, 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 guys. That's pretty okay. harsh, isn't it? All right. That was my pet peeve of the day. Oh, well, then I should give you a little... Uh... Sorry about that. It seemed like a pet peeve. Hey, there's a, there's a couple new guys. There's something new going on. Which uh, I only noticed after I didn't even know this website existed after I uh, after I saw the press conference because of course part of what we do on uh, you know is watch C-SPAN but I also uh, watch all of the new videos at Lucifer's website oh, uh, yeah. which is the uh, state.gov um, and there's this thing called Rewards for Justice which I'd never heard of but it came up in this press conference and it's a very interesting uh, website. Good morning. Today, the U.S. Department of State's Rewards for Justice program is offering a reward of up to $10 million for information that leads law enforcement or security forces to the person pictured behind me, is Adin Abdel Aziz Khalil, better known as Yassin al-Suri. Today's announcement marks the first time that the Rewards for Justice program has offered a reward for information that leads to a terrorist financier. Under an agreement between al-Qaeda and the government of Iran, Yassin al-Suri has helped move money and recruits through Iran to al-Qaeda leaders in neighboring countries in the region. From his sanctuary inside Iran, he has moved terrorist recruits through Iran to al-Qaeda leaders in Pakistan and Afghanistan. He has also arranged for the release of al-Qaeda operatives from Iranian prisons and their transfer to Pakistan. And he has funneled significant amount of money through Iran to al-Qaeda's leadership in Afghanistan and Iraq. He is a dedicated terrorist working in support of al-Qaeda with <laughs> dedicated. the support of the government of dedicated. Iran, which the Department of State has designated a state sponsor of terrorism. As a, as a key fundraiser for the al-Qaeda... <laughs> He's a bundler, John. A key fundraiser. ...a terrorist network, he is a continuing danger to the interest of the United States, to its facility, and its citizens. Locating al-Suri and shutting down his operations would eliminate a significant financial resource for al-Qaeda. For that reason, we urge anyone with information on the whereabouts of al-Suri to contact the Rewards for Justice program, a U.S. embassy or U.S. consulate, or a U.S. military commander immediately. You may contact Rewards for Justice by visiting the RFJ website at www.rewardsforjustice.net. There you may submit a tip anonymously. <laughs> okay, a couple of things immediately come to mind. Yeah. Why is it a .net site? Well, they also have .org, which forwards to .net. 
So I, I, what, I'm is not this sure. a government site? Why isn't it not dot gov? Dot gov. I know it's. Uh, well, let's uh, find. Have you have you looked at it? Have you looked at the? Uh, I'm looking at it now. There's a bunch of guys up to. They always say up to, which means you might you'll never get the full award. But they have all these creeps that are like being shown one after another. It's a flash animation. I I recommend people look at the site rewards well, this for is, justice. This is, this is an NGO. Oh, it's an NGO. And that's why they're at the State Department. So the Rewards for Justice Fund is a non-governmental, non-profit, charitable organization whose sole affiliation with the U.S. Department of State's Rewards for Justice program is for the purpose of raising and providing private contributions for its use in the identification and apprehension of terrorists operating within the United States and abroad. So what I think this is, is basically if some guy screws you on your arms deal... You just say, yeah, let's put some money into the kitty here and go go shoot that guy for me. This is a professional. Uh, this, this is you know you, you can give some guy fifty bucks on the street to go kill somebody, or you can give Lucifer Clinton ten million bucks to go kill him for you. This is ridiculous. Well, there's something screwy about it, and I wonder. Look at all this up to five million. If you go to the the one, if you go wanted for terrorism rewards offer, and you get to look at all these guys at once. With Al Zarari being the top guy. Up to $25 um, million dollar reward. That's Wait, up to $25 million. Hey, hey, at the, bo- at the top, see that submit a tip? Let's, let's click on that. You can submit information anonymously. Your information- Why would you want to do that with this kind of money involved? <laughs> Enter text here. <laughs> I think I saw him in Port Angeles. He's up there somewhere. Look at all that. And how come this guy's name, Jonas, known as Yassi Al-Suri? And well, wait a minute. What about this poor bastard at the bottom of the list, Kahir Mundo? Up to five, he's got like, he's the what little man. He gets no money. <laughs> Why does this poor guy get the, down to $500,000? Yeah, yeah, hey, this, this is like the top 20. This, he's at the bottom of the chart this week, we've got Kahir Mundos with only $500,000 reward, a key leader and financier, the Philippines-based Abu Sayyaf Group. What is that? Is that a is that a Philippines terrorist group? Are they affiliated? Yeah, yeah they're affiliates. Let me see. Abu Sayyaf. Let's see. Uh, one of several military Islamist separatist groups based in and around the southern Philippines. Oh, really? Well, it's the Philippines. It's not. We, we... It's hiding in southern Mindanao. <laughs> they think. <laughs> okay, so here's the question I have. I think we <laughs> that... need to look into. That guy has a bad picture. Yeah, well, he he's not photogenic. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Here, so here's here's my question about this. What money? Oh wait, here, hold it. Never. It's actually on. Here's a list. Let me check it out. They paid more than a hundred million dollars to sixty people who provided information. Okay, well. So, well, what is this? How come all of a sudden it takes money and the and it has a big presidential uh, or department? Uh, it has like our eagle with the arrows and stuff and the. And then, wow, oh, that's a crazy ass emblem they got there. Yeah, with a Jewish star. With a Jewish in the star in the middle. Yeah, is that normal? It's the Star of David. That is a Star I of David. I have no idea what the Star of David's doing on there. So this, this is this is a suspect website. You, I, I'm glad you brought it up. I don't know what we can discover about it, but it seems suspect and for a lot of different reasons. But they've got like uh, war crimes. Uh, this whole thing is like to me. I mean, because. Uh, I don't know about these guys. I mean, they just put his picture up and say, hey, 10 million bucks. And uh, this, this nonprofit NGO was said, hey, we need this guy. 
Uh, that that to me is is here yeah, highly suspect. This guy born in 1982, so he's what 32. Was he 40, 80, 90, uh, 30, 30? Weapons of mass destruction, terrorism. So here's a classic example. This guy convicted, they've caught and convicted Totenkraft Hanno. I'm looking at the ones that they actually gave money out for. He was a, 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 so they caught the guy, they convicted him, threw him in jail, and the reward was $100,000? How does that work? Seems like a low number. He must have been a new entry. He didn't have a bullet on the chart yet. The lowest on the list is 500000 Abu Sabaya claimed he had Guillermo Sobero executed as a birthday present for Philippines President Gloria Macamaca Macarayo. On October 7, 2001, a human skull was recovered, which was found to be that of Guillermo. <laughs> Who makes this stuff up? This is a and they're also taking credit for, for the Uday Hussein and Kuse Hussein weren't brought to justice. There was no reward meted out. It was the army that shot these two guys. Wait, but does it say they paid some money to somebody? No, they didn't. But I mean, why, why is it on the list at all? I love the big X on the on the picture. Deceased. <laughs> well, they got one. Uh, Ramzi Ahmed Youssef. Is, is He's off up. the chart. <laughs> <laughs> this is just crazy. Yeah, this is something. This we is... we got to find out about this NGO. Yeah. Hold on a second. Who's uh, registered this? Uh, hold on. Who is rewardsforjustice.net? Let's see. Let's see. So it's an NGO, but it, it uses uh, state.org. DS state. Oh, so that's Network Solutions. Is it private? Yeah, it's private, of course. Wait, no, no, no. Here it is. Yeah, Nicole Pearl at state.gov, Department of State. It's, it's run by the Department of State. How does that work? Why? How does that work yeah, as an NGO? That That's not an it's NGO. An NGO for, it is, it's not an NGO, non-government organization. This is a government organization posing as an NGO. When does that begin? And the, uh, oh, this is even better. Rewardsforjustice.org is registered to Keyword Acquisitions, Inc. in Massachusetts. Well, if you go to rewardsforjustice.org, the site is now a, uh, it's it's a Parker. No, I got a forward. I didn't get a forward. I got oh, rewardsforjustice.org. Right. Oh. Oh. I got it. Right, now I got the rewards same. For- I got the same. You got a Parker site, right? Oh, rewardsfund.org. I'm sorry. Rewardsfund.org. Let's see who that who owns that. Who is rewardsfund.org? That forwards. Okay, you're right. That forwards. So that's the one that would and that is, have uh, the same ownership. Timothy S. Case, Rewards for Justice Fund in Norwalk, Connecticut. This whole thing is this is very sketchy. And why do they get press conference time at the Department of State? Because it's the Department of State. I don't know. Anyway, uh, I thought that There's was no weird. address. No. They have an eight hundred number. They have a and the and the and the and the email address is rfj at state dot gov. Yeah, it's not an NGO. No. 
And what, okay, so now it's, we know it's not an NGO. We know it's run by the State Department. Why is there a Star of David in the, uh, on the logo? Is that typical? I don't know. We have to now look at the State Department logo. <sighs> Boy. Let's take a look at State. Nice catch here to, just to make the show go on Yeah, forever. Yeah, the Star of David is also in the state.gov. Uh, oh, it is? Okay, well, then it's not a... Not is that, that in the weird. presidential seal as well? No, I don't think so. Wow. This, why is that, by the way? I don't know. I never noticed it before. I never noticed it either. Let's take well, a- if you look at it, you have to really... It's hard to see it. It's, it's easier to see on this other one. It normally just looks like... I don't know what it looks well, like. Hold on. Let me take a look at the... Uh, let me take a look at the presidential seal. Let's see. Pre- presidential seal of the USA. No, it doesn't have that. Oh, wait. Oh, interesting. If you look at the, the great seal, it it has kind of a Star of David uh, obfuscated by round thingies around it. Well, there's a which couple versions also, of the seal. Well, look at the, pull a dollar out of your pocket. You'll see it right there. Why is that? I've never noticed that before. We're on to something. <laughs> <laughs> we've we've discovered hidden messages on our money. Oh no! <laughs> we should do a movie about it. Yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> oh boy. Anyway, NATO. Uh, just to wind it up with the stuff I got for you, NATO held uh, an exercise, uh, a cyber warfare exercise over the holidays. The scenario was drawn up by NATO as part of the new cyber coalition exercise. The Alliance has been holding this exercise since 2008 and opened it to the nations in 2009. The aim? To test national cooperation on cyber defence. During the exercise, information about the crisis is sent from here to the SHAPE military headquarters in Belgium. Those taking part have to react from their countries. 23 NATO nations and six partners are involved in the exercise. Some are players. The light blue countries on the map. Others are contributors or observers. These 29 countries are online for long periods over the three days. New Zealand and Australia are taking part this year. Players must deal with various geopolitical computer crisis scenarios, like the threat to the energy sector. Mm. Viruses and general malicious code must be countered. Mm. Of course, the scenarios are invented and the threats are not real. Uh, We've seen similar uh, attacks in the wild, so in real world. So everything we created here, uh, it's not f- fictive. Well, it is actually fictive, fictive but it could fictive. happen. <laughs> he, mis- he misspoke. These are the techno experts at work. And this yeah. all comes right on time for the uh, Stratfor so-called break-in. Uh, we all heard about that, right? Yep. Uh, where uh, this, you know, what is it? Uh, security consulting group got uh, got hacked, but also right in time for McAfee's uh, report. End of t- predictions for 2012 from McAfee. Have you read the document, John? I don't read uh, these sorts of things. I mean, uh, I write about people who are actually qualified to make predictions, namely uh, brain dead journalists. So when a company makes predictions, it's always a prediction about one of their products doing well. <laughs> Would you like to hear their predictions for 2012? I might as well. Industrial threats will mature and segment. I'm not sure what that means. 
embedded hardware attacks will widen and deepen. Hacktivism, which is a new term on the on the scene, hacktivism and anonymous will reboot and evolve. <laughs> That's funny, actually. Yeah, because I heard this word, this uh, hacktivism. That's going to be a big one. Virtual currency systems will experience broader and more frequent attacks. This will be the year for, not of, cyber war. DNSSEC, that's the secure DNS system, will drive new network threat vectors. Traditional spam will go legit, while spear phishing will evolve into the targeted messaging attack. Mobile botnets and rootkits will mature and converge. Rogue certificates and rogue certificate authorities will undermine users' confidence. Advances in operating systems and security will drive next-generation botnets and rootkits. And they, they wind it up with, The stage is set, so let's move on to the specifics! Exclamation mark. This is a yeah. serious company. These guys are probably distributing all this crap themselves. You know, uh, by the way, since you brought it up about the virtual uh, money system, what happened to apparently Bitcoin folds, right? They actually... Uh, what ha- happened to all the money? Nah, Where would we be today if we had just, just done what a few of our producers suggested curiously yeah. and gone with a Bitcoin idea? Yeah, we would have been uh, in the poor house. Yeah, minimally. This will be the year of cyber war. They contradict themselves instead of saying for cyberware, war, war, or merely a showcase of offensive cyber weapons and their potential. While we certainly hope it's only the latter, the situation's growth during recent years makes an eventual cyber war nearly inevitable. We have seen, we have frequently seen cyber techniques complemented traditional methods of intelligence or espionage, operations with many players accusing others, friends and foes alike. Like, it's a very cheap way of spying, always leaves room for plausible deniability, doesn't endanger human lives, and most importantly, seems to be highly effective. What we haven't seen much is the use of cyber as part of the arsenal in an armed conflict. So far, this has been witnessed only on a small scale with very limited sophistication of the attacks, for example, in the Georgia conflict. Now, that caught my eye. Yeah, I bet. What was the cyber thing in the Georgia conflict? Well, we were we talked about it extensively, and we also noticed the website was too professional for what they were doing, and there was something going on there. I guess there was probably some elements we didn't know about. Maybe somebody, a Georgia listener, can clue us up as to what was going on. They probably were cutting off connectivity, or who knows? And who was doing it? Must have been the Russians. Well, what I found here from uh, the Telegraph is uh, Russia has been accused of attacking Georgian government websites in a cyber war to accompany their military bombardment. Oh, I'm bringing down your website. (laughs) (laughs) This is so dumb. (laughs) I'm bringing down your website. Meanwhile, back in the United States. No, don't bring down my website. I surrender. People won't be able to find out my bio. Don't do that. Don't screw. Hey, man. We're going to scrub your wiki page. They won't know where my four squares checked in is. I won't get my badge. I won't get my emblem. I won't get my Georgia Secretary of State emblem. Uh, Joe Lieberman, chair of the Senate Homeland Security Committee, uh, says uh, we need uh, Twitter to block 
Taliban accounts. <laughs> Specifically, A-B-L-K-H-I, Abalki, and Alamara Web. Wow. Because they have 4,000 followers each. <laughs> wow. <laughs> How about that? That's got to be a honeypot. Hold on a second. What is, the, what is that Taliban website saying? A Taliban Twitter account. Well, it's a total honeypot. Let's see. What the, what? And the only reason that Lieberman would say anything about it is to draw attention to it. Right? Yeah, yeah of course. So this is Abdullah. Hey, we only got 4,000 guys. What can we do to get some numbers up on this stupid site? Oh, I have an idea. Lieberman, go out there and bitch about it. Say it's terrible. It's just a bunch of evildoers, and that will get some attention. So this is um, Abdul Kahar Balki from the Islamic Emirate of Afghanistan. And let's see what his... An hour ago, he tweeted, Uh-oh, you should have at least tied proper turbans to those legit Taliban. Then maybe a better future would have awaited you. Let's see. What? Yeah, this is his latest tweet. Two civilians martyred in enemy bombings. IEDs leave four U.S. tanks wrecked. Father and three sons martyred by airstrikes. Oh, he's actually reporting on drones and people getting killed. Oh, that's why he wants it blocked. Unbelievable. The guy has a website, too. Yeah. And, and since this, uh, this ban, he's gone up to 4,354 uh, followers. That's the power of the press. <laughs> he has a website, alamara1.com. Four puppets injured in clash in northern Parwan. All right, so that's lame. How about this other guy? Who's this? Alamar Web. Uh, this is great. Yeah, we got Twitter should be blocking that. You know, if that stop, if that starts, then you know that's the end of it. Then it's like, hey, you know, that Curry man, that uh, block all that. Mustafa Ahmedi. Landmine blast kills three. U.S. invades in Paktika. Oh, so basically these guys are reporting. If it's true, they're just reporting from... They keep talking about puppets. Puppet killed in attack on patrol. What is this puppet thing? <laughs> I don't know. It'd be funny if you went down to the attack site and you found a bunch of like <laughs> puppets, literally puppets. puppets, marionettes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> Puppet. Mujahideen of Islamic Emirate from Northern Fire Province says they killed a puppet hireling. And okay, so these are—they're basically blowing the the lid on the whole idea that these are all uh, you know CIA guys and stuff and the shills. Not sure. Okay. All right, Lieberman. Good job. Hey, tell me how that how Twitter respond. Twitter, of course, had no comment. We don't comment on these matters. We don't we don't comment on this. Uh, speaking of puppets, Shadow Puppet Theater. Jerome Powell is the latest to be uh, nominated uh, to the uh, Federal Reserve Board of Governors. Let's find out about Jerome Powell, shall we? He was the Undersecretary for Finance under President George H. Walker Bush and was a partner of the Carlyle Group. Yeah, that's the guy we want on. Uh, on the Federal Reserve Board, isn't it? Yeah, you want to, that way he'll be able to, he can converse with the rest of the members. They can go to the same clubs to go drinking. And he fits right in. I think so. <laughs> you don't want some guy causing trouble. No, we want a guy. Yeah, that's Obama's pick, by the way. 
Yeah, but figures. Uh, anyway, tons of stuff in the show notes at 369er.nashownotes.com. Um, go check it out. couple after-show clips. Yeah, uh, well, we have uh, one. Yeah, they're going to play the black guy in the car, the driver. Oh, I didn't. I, ha- I have, like, a medley. Uh, why don't you play on the, to, uh, on, the, on the first of the year show? I think that would be appropriate. Okay. Because that will be right before the Iowa caucus. Yeah, good. We'll do that. Play the medley. Um, so we have Sir Jordan of Invercargill, New Zealand, uh, interviewed by uh, our buddy Maynard, uh, who does mention the fact that there's a harp array being set up uh, in New Zealand, which, of course, is the cause of the earthquakes, uh, the so-called aftershocks, which uh, Kiwi Chris is witnessing. All right, everybody, have a very happy end of 2011. And we will talk to you on the first show of the new year on the first day of 2012 when we have 354 days left until the end of the year. Coming to you from Camp Mofo here in Austin, Texas. In the morning, my name's Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley where it's really nice out today. And uh, yes, I want everyone to have a nice New Year's celebration. And we'll see you all on Sunday. I'm John C. Dvorak. And we'll talk to you again Sunday right here on No Agenda. No Agenda listeners, we've got a pretty special thing for you now. I think this is the most southern listener you have to No Agenda. Uh, Sir Jordan of Invercargill, which is not a Scottish thing. Vegan in residence, yes. They love their meat on No Agenda. Oh, yes, yes, especially that Dvorak, and he's always talking about, oh, I killed this, or got this killed, or got that killed. Or... I thought it'd be fun to get involved with No Agenda. I love it for a different point of view. I found it through Dvorak and uh, through Twit, This Week in Tech, and I learnt more about Adam, the crackpot, and uh, the other school. And How has your life changed since you became a knight? Definitely got me a lot more internet points and a lot more respect from friends that listen around the world. I've got friends in Scotland, Donnie and uh, Lorraine and Russ in the UK, and uh, they call me Sir now. Sir Jordan, has it opened doors that were previously closed to you? Yeah, I'm not quite a member of the Bilderbergers or the Reptilians or the Freemasons, but that's always something to aim for. I like the news about the drones and the technology and just the general war news in general. And I think, oh, what have we got ourselves into now with the latest war? So, Being the, uh, the vegan in residence, does that mean you're pushing the tofu agenda? The tofu agenda, that's a good one. Well, I thought, um, sure, yes, it's good. We have the no agenda, the round table, and I thought it's good that there's at least one other vegan night I know of, so I won't be alone at the no agenda rounded rectangle table for vegans. You have your own, like, cutlery as well. Oh, sure, you don't want cross-contamination, no. I just thought it'd be fun to be a vegan knight, and I was knighted on episode 333, the magic number, so I also the self-proclaimed magic knight. <laughs> well, what tripped you over the edge into knighthood? Uh, I wanted to support people value for value, because I'd been listening for years, and I decided we needed a vegan in the mix to, to put on the tofu agenda. I, I sort of figured that the average listener is very different to myself. I imagine sort of a lot of Confederate flags and a copy of the Constitution in their wallet, guns, you know, all around the house, and driving some American-made monstrosity, getting five inches to the Freedom Unit. <laughs> and being an Australian and a New Zealander, we don't have that gun culture, and it's, it's kind of strange to us, isn't it? It's kind of terrifying, to be honest. It's a bit weird, this talk of the judge, this, uh, what is it, a, like a revolver that shoots oh, shotgun well, it shells? Or? fires shotgun shells. It sounds like a really efficient handgun. Oh, I and saw the picture I- of it, and it looks a, a hell of a thing to own. I've turned people onto it here. I, I visited the Occupy in Bacargo, our brave occupiers in support of the Wall Street lot. Um, I went down there and started telling them about the drone-free zone. I encouraged them to put a sign up at Occupy in Bacargo saying this is a drone-free zone. There's quite a few listeners in the Occupy 
Invercargill movement that now listen to No Agenda. And I remember from speaking to a scientist here at the University of Newcastle in uh, New South Wales that there is a low-level harp research facility oh, yes. the, in the South Island there somewhere, isn't there? Uh, there is uh, something about the uh, square kilometre array, something like that. Uh, yeah, not... it's quite a small one, but it, it points south. Yes, it's very close to where I live. They're upgrading it or something like that, and yeah, some, maybe it is part of harp, who knows, so... I'm still working on better ways to, to get it out there, promoting the formula, spreading the formula. You, you are to be praised for propagating the formula in, in the most southern listener of No Agenda, unless there's someone like down the bottom of Chile or something. Yeah, I was thinking about that. I always think, I'm always proud to say, you know, at the bottom of the world, but then I, then I sort of realise, yeah, that damn South America. And, and happy holidays to you, Sir Jordan. Uh, happy New Year's to you. Too. What is the likelihood of another terrorist attempted attack on the U.S. homeland in the next three to six months, high or low? Director Blair? An attempted attack, the priority is certain, I would say. Mr. Panetta? I would agree with that. Mr. Mueller? Agree. General Burgess? Yes, ma'am, agree. Adios, mofo.